Hello, everybody, and welcome to Hardcore Heroes. How are you doing, Sean? Uh, pretty good. I, uh, you know, been reading a lot of the Wheel of Time lately. <gasps> really? Yeah. We missed our Wheel of Time catch-up last Sunday. Uh, <laughs> well, Greg tell said us about he tried, it. but he got shot down. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, we'll, we'll we'll just domineer the conversation next time and get that in. I um mm -hmm. I finished book eleven. I'm already like a third of the way through twelve, so I've been really burning through it recently. Mm. Good fun. I've been I've been enjoying that. Um, went to California to visit some relatives. Mm. Uh, you know, had a, had a good time with that. I've been playing a game called Battle for Wesnoth, uh, which is like this squad-based tactical RPG that's that's free and open source. Mm. Um, I've been having a lot of fun with that. I don't know. I'm just I'm just I'm just being a neat while I still can. A neat. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Are you ready for some <laughs> demon invasions? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. How is this broken? This is broken. Okay, it's no longer broken. So, where last we left our hero, heroes, you were in Stromheim, the capital of the former kingdom of Eridon, and you had just made yourself some dragon armor, which you'd given one set to one of your henchmen, and you had gotten a, not so much like a quest, but you had talked with the queen about investigating Heatstroke. They had given you some tools, including a legend lore scroll. And yes. uh, anything else I should remember? I gifted the dragon armor to Belle. Mm -hmm. um, no, I don't think so. I, I, remember, I think the only other big thing was the legend lore scroll. Which, Excellent. yeah, that one's pretty big. So that, that wizard's at least 11th, no, 12th level, because he has six level spells. Mm hmm He's pretty bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps a low profile. That's how he stays alive. Doesn't get involved right. in how PC's. how you gotta do it. Yeah. Stays out of most of PC's activities, unless he really has to get involved, like, this time. Mm -hmm. He's never been in more danger in his whole life before now. Yeah, but he's 12th level. He probably has something that he can just, nah, I'll, I'll teleport. Yeah, finger snap, teleport sort of yep. thing. Uh, okay. So, shall we, where, anything you want to do in Stromheim before you set off? Yeah, I'm just setting up my spells really fast for the actual thing itself. Um, but we can go and get going and then I'll, uh, I'll just do it on the way. Let's make sure that there's nothing that you want in town. You've got all the components you need. Uh, we've got a box full of of iron rations. Is that Chester? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we got the dragon armor going. We have the the spare dragon armor in the chest, holding the rations in case um, Lucila or I need to like put on armor quickly mm -hmm. in the night. Okay. Uh, I think um, that's yeah. Aside from like food and and stuff to take. Oh, we should probably get like rope. And things like that just in case we need it okay nobody thinks they need it until they do mm-hmm all right so let's get like how much does uh, that weigh let's see weighty chests last one day per level your ninth yes. level so you're gonna have to cast eight it again level. the eighth eight level. Days. yeah so you'll have to cast again before you leave so that'll be oh, one yeah, spell slot down um, on that, I think you're Gucci, as the kids say. Yeah, and I'm only down that one spell slot once a week. Which is not too bad. Or wait, no, that's Frisky Chest. I think Frisky Chest lasts oh, longer. Whoops, I'm looking yeah, no, at Weighty Chest. 
No, Frisky I do chest. weighty chests. I do weighty chests once a week on my armor, though, to make mm -hmm. sure that uh, other people don't. Like, Pick it's... you up and throw you? Yeah. <laughs> after, after that one giant made a Hail Mary out of Van Heel saying he, uh, <laughs> he had a good idea. <laughs> yeah, frisky chest is permanent. Perfect. All right, don't even oh, have to wow, worry you can make it. a huge box. I know, 10 foot cube per level is... <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> I could probably do it to like a sub mansion at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's not a, a 10 foot on a side cube. So it's not an 80 by 80 by 80. It's a 10 or eight 10 by 10s. Right? Or is it? I assumed it was, I guess that makes more sense. I assume the volume just increased by, by dramatic proportions, but I could see 10, 10 foot tents. Otherwise I'd be frisky chesting like a large house and you just have the most terrifying sight. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's how Baba Yaga the... gets her hut to move. <laughs> <laughs> the level one spell. Oh man, that'd be terrifying. Yeah. Could you imagine seeing that just run across the landscape? <laughs> Uprooting trees as it goes. <laughs> Sounds pretty great. Um, so, you've got your gear, you've got your spells, you've got your henchmen, you've got a lot of salt and pepper and paprika on your desk for some reason. More than anyone they really can take my, my advice of everything's better if you just add spices. <laughs> it's true. All right, let's do it. Let us yeah, set out. So we need we need rope. Uh, oh, silk right. rope is how much? It's 20 pounds or something per... Silk rope? Or no. Oh, God. I have, to, yeah, I have to pull up the book. I got it. I got it. Rope. Silk. Uh, five gold. No, I'm sorry. Twenty gold for five pounds for fifty feet. Oh, that's nothing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Rope. Uh, five pounds and let's do ten pounds and make it hundred feet. Cause I can go up to seventy, right? Yeah. And then, how much is a grappling hook? Uh, a grappling hook. ABC grappling hook, uh, 800 copper and weighs four pounds. Four pounds grappling hook, it's four pounds. This is the one that does all your total weights for you. It's a convenient system. Okay. Um, what else could be useful? So we have food, we have rope, we have grappling hook. Presumably the rations come with water. Uh, I think the dry rations are just food, but if you've got water skins, you can pro if you, hmm. What are the really water the around Heatstroke, yeah. So like, Heatstroke is guarded by a big-ass desert, and there's no yeah. water sources in the desert other than the river that cuts through it. Okay, we might need to get a second chest. Or no, we have a carriage that we're taking with us, don't we? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, there was a carriage hey. that was going to take you to... No. Plainsview's destroyed. Didn't they offer us, like, horses and a carriage or something? I think they offered you horses, no carriage. Okay. Um, right? Because if they did offer you a carriage, I'm second-guessing why they would, because they then they would just, like, leave you there and drive back. You know, a carriage is also hmm. a pretty vulnerable thing. It takes a long time to turn it around. I, I assumed it was, like... Oh, no, they did not mm. give us a carriage. Um, no, I think okay, it's just the horses. so what we could do then... 
I don't suppose they have camels. Those are supposedly better for crossing deserts. Mm, no, but the desert's not so big that you need a camel, right? It's yeah. 20 miles across. Okay. Um, we're going to need to bring water with us, though. The average person needs, what, like a pound of water? I guess we're traveling probably like two pounds of water a day. Minimum, yeah. Okay. Uh, so for four people, we need eight pounds of water a day. How heavy is a water barrel? Mm. Let's assume it can hold like 20 gallons. Or no, that's way too soon. How much would a barrel hold? Like 80 gallons? Barrels hold 40 gallons. The barrel weighs 70 pounds without water. Water is 8.5. Yeah, 40 gallons. 8.5 times 40 plus 250. A full barrel of water weighs 590 pounds. Okay, I can frisky chest that, I think. Let's take a quick look. Do you want something a little bit more secure instead of having your extremely heavy water barrel jumping around? <laughs> like, that <laughs> seems like it might crack or break or, you know, be potentially life-threatening. I guess they just don't make them like they used to. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it will be a good, hmm, 590 pounds is pretty heavy, but I guess if we just have the horses carrying water and not people, uh, but then horses need to drink more themselves. Yeah, crossing deserts is a difficult thing. Uh, let's see. You know that the heat stroke desert's about 20 miles. Hold on, I can create food and water. Let me see how that works exactly. Ah. That might just make everything a lot easier. Uh, cheese spells. I don't know why I closed this tab. Create water. Create water. Up to four gallons of water are generated for every experience level of the caster, so I can just make Ooh. tons of water. <laughs> tons make, of water. Yeah, I can make like 32 gallons of water per go, which should be plenty. So Clean and drinkable. Something to hold it in so people can drink out of it, like. You need like a trough or an empty chest that you can just create the water in so the horses can drink out of it. Yeah. Um, also, you could probably just get that empty water barrel. Yeah. Right, because without without any weight in it, frisky chesting, it probably wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, it's only going to be 70 pounds, so you could probably frisky chest it, and if it's only 70 pounds, it's probably not going to break when it hops around. Yeah. Spill evaporate the reverses, fill destroy water, obliterates water without a trace. Yeah, so I can just I can just create water, no problem. Great. Water weighs about eight pounds per gallon, and a cubic foot of water weighs approximately sixty-four pounds. Okay. Oh, but okay, so I'll take um, a few water skins with me because I need a drop of water to cast the spell. Right. Okay. Perfect. So you grab a, a barrel, an empty barrel and a couple of water skins. Mm -hmm. You have a chest full of food. Yes. The guards will give you all of your gear when you leave the gate. Mm -hmm. They'll have someone bring it from the south gate to the north gate. And then I think it's time to set off through the Golden Sea on your way to Plainsview. I guess not Plainsview, but beyond. It's just in the direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, let me pull up the map here. Oh, wait, do you have an Immortal 20 game? I have too many tabs. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, okay, so we're hanging out to Plainsview. 
Golden Sea is what we're looking for. Yeah, and oh, this area is pretty hot as well, isn't it? Like it is. Land. Yeah, it's it's comparable to other savannas, like the um, okay. African savanna so or the American Great Plains. Like it can okay. get really hot in the summer, uh, but the rest of the year it's pretty fine. I think right now we are in February, March, April, or May. Oh. Before we head out, I get us some specific like traveling clothes for the desert. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, because there aren't like thick black robes or something used by most. Uh, thin black robes? I always thought they were thicker. Huh. I, I was always confused too why it's not white, but that's probably just because I'm stupid. Uh, I, I don't know for certain, but yeah, I have heard. Yeah, right. That it's like you want the you want it to be absorbing on the inside, and so you want the inside dark, and so it's better to have like it's going. How do you say? It? White robes would help reflect heat off the top, but you want it to absorb from the inside to radiate out, or something like that. Why is it black? Because it has to do with um, spectrum absorption, I think. Yeah. It's just. It's probably like. You know, uh... You have to get your white desert robes like in RuneScape. See, that's... RuneScape ruined me. RuneScape made me think that all desert robes were white. Hmm. Uh, let me... White or black robes for desert. The amount of heat gained by exposed to the desert, hot desert is the same whether he wears black or white robes. And the additional heat absorbed by the black robe was lost before it reached the skin. Hmm. Black is as cool as any other color. Oh, I guess the color doesn't really matter. People just prefer black. Oh, okay. Either way, I'll get us robes specifically meant for like the desert. Hmm. Because I don't want people getting beaten down directly by the sun. Hmm. I think ideally you might want white on the outside, black on the inside. I don't know how mm -hmm. you do that without double layering. Anyway, let's let us continue. Uh, the party is ready to move out. <coughs> yeah. It will take you. It's a uh, hundred and three miles to the desert. You guys have horses, um, so your movement rate is 18 on your horses, um, and so let's do that'll be 24 times 1.5, but then this is not a nice flat road. This is sort of like open grassland, so your movement rate is going to be a little bit slower. So you're going to be moving about like 28 to 30 miles a day. So sure. it's going to take you about four days to get there. And I'll, uh, I'll unfailing endurance us to make that, that trip a little bit easier. Oh, okay. So I can do it on eight people. All right, let me just open up my encounter tables and we can kill the town music. As you guys set out on your horses, mm -hmm. how do you maneuver Chester while you're on horseback? Uh, that is a good question. Um, I think we probably just have the horses going in sort of like a 
diamond, but with an open top formation. Okay, so like a... An upside-down like triangle. Uh, yeah, a reverse flying V. <laughs> a half diamond, <laughs> also known as a triangle. So it's like a, a game of polo or something. Yeah, a little bit like that. Yeah. And now there's, yeah. now there's two, so it's even more of a pain in the ass, but... You know, you got to do these things if you don't want to travel heavy, but also don't want to starve in the desert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Your first two days are uneventful. Let's bring you about 70-some miles over here, 60-some miles over here. Um, on the third day of your travel, you get about halfway through the course of your day when mm -hmm. I need you to make me a perception check. And I will have your NPCs make them as well. Frank, Bell, uh, and Lucia. 15. I didn't have perception for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Bell will call out to you that she sees something ahead of you guys. And sure enough, as she points it out, and you guys pause and wait, um, there appears to be something skittering along the ground. Okay. So does this look like the spirits that we that we used to get possessed by, or are these more like physical, corporeal creatures? This is. Uh, you have to get maybe get a little bit closer, but as okay. A, I mean, does, does it look corporeal or intangible? At least it looks physical. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. As you get a little bit closer, you notice these uh, rather large scorpions. They're, I don't know, two or three feet long, um, tawny all over the back with uh, big nasty stingers on them. And there's a, a small cluster of these guys. There's uh, four of them, and they seem okay. to be moving in like um, almost a line, like one following the other. They're... 250 feet out or so. Okay. Um, are they moving directly toward us? Mm, not directly. Like, uh, if that thingy on the map is your token, is your location, they're sort of doing maybe a this. Your direction, but not necessarily bound right for you. Okay. I don't really have enough anti-poison control to help the whole party here, so I'm going to have us, like, kind of just move down a little bit. Uh, let me get the ruler so I don't actually move the marker. Like, just kind of not in a matter of miles, but, like, move down right. a little bit out of their path and then just kind of, like, wait and see where they go. Yeah. And make sure they pass us by. Yeah, they don't seem too keen on you guys. They look like they've got somewhere they want to go, and they mm -hmm. just keep heading in that direction. It's not a big deal to avoid them. And by the end of the day, you will arrive at the desert known as Hourglass. Now, this is a, a big, sandy, rolling desert. The, the sand dunes can be quite difficult to climb up and down, and they do run in sort of like this direction. So if you want to move along the tops of the dunes or along the base of the dunes, it's, you know, you can move north and south, but to go east and west, you got to go up and down and up and down and up and down. Mm -hmm. The reason it's called Hourglass is because there is a brass or a bronze dragon that lives in here, who will use his heat breath to like solidify the sand into like a glassy 
surface that he can then like rest in and have the sun reflect back onto him doubly. And then he's a dragon, so he marches around and breaks all the glass. And so it's like a sandy desert with like shards of glass in it mm-hmm. from dragons making glass and then breaking it. Is this Most... the breast dragon who trapped Malachi? No, it's one in, on the other side of the world. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Uh, mostly his domain is in the north. Um, mm-hmm. But the, you know, every now and then he goes to the south and creates a nice little glassy area to rest in uh, and then breaks it when he leaves. So Brass it's, uh... dragons are relatively good creatures, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might be worth paying him a visit at some point. I figured he might have some uh, some useful information about this this growing infestation out of heat stroke. Most definitely. Um, you would also know that there is a mist dragon that lives over here. Oops, it's off screen. Um, yeah, over in this region. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I I, I think that those one. I don't know. I like the general knowledge of like metallic good, chromatic bad. All the other ones are weirdos. Yeah. Um, I don't remember how mist dragons work exactly. I'd rather not risk one just being like, I could just eat you. Mm -hmm. Most people tend to leave it alone and ships coming in and out near Hillsborough hug the coastline to avoid the dragon and then go into the deep sea just to leave this island, which is sort of what people regard as its domain, but it probably actually lives in the water in this bay somewhere. Right. Um, Yeah, they generally leave that area alone. Um, okay, so what I'm going to suggest when we get there then is before we head to Heatstroke, where did the line that we drew last week go? Didn't we have like a, a line around it to show where the, the flesh had grown out of? Ooh, I don't think so. We, we talked about it and they were like, ah, yes, the, the, the flesh is like growing out of Heatstroke when we were when we were talking to like the queen and her advisors. Maybe. If there was a line, I think it was approximate. I don't, I'm not sure if anyone knows. Okay where it is right now, but it sort of has been radiating from heat stroke. Yeah. So um, what I'm going to suggest then is that we travel south a ways um, because we want to go in south of where the, uh, the the growth is going to be. Because if we need to make a quick exit, then we can head to the hills toward Hillsborough. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Since it's easier to travel along the desert if you're not dealing with the dunes. Right. So why don't so, you doodle me how you want to do that? A little bit south. Like, how do I, is it shift or what uh, do I right hit? click? Right click. Okay, it's probably south a little bit, and then down like this, and then over the dunes. And once we're past the dunes, then we can head up toward the the flesh and heat stroke. Okay, so you, the dunes will run all the way to the coast, basically. Maybe oh, the yeah. last like okay. so a little bit closer to the coast, yeah. then, and then we'll head up toward heat stroke. Perfect. All right, you guys head out this way. <sighs> As you enter, as you leave the plains, it sort of goes from being grasslands to sort of just dry, cracked earth and then little bits of sand. And you can see in the distance these rolling dunes. Mm-hmm. And as you close the miles, it just becomes this endless morass mara- of sand. Uh, your horses have these nice, you know, fair. They're not as big as a camel's foot, but they're still pretty good for stepping on the sand and moving around. Mm hmm. And you make your way in. Let me make some counter checks over here. Wrote down a spell, and I don't even actually know if it exists in second edition. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it does. Okay. 
right? You start to cut on in when, as you climb one of these dunes, you can look down on the other side and see this pinky, fleshy stuff reaching for you. Not, like, reaching for you in particular, but it's sort of like a... Like, the sand has been turned to flesh, and it has extended out at least this far. Oh, wow. It's gone pretty far. Maybe it's more like that. This is as we're going over the... Okay. Yeah. Um... I think we're going to have to follow along it in a line. So I explain to them as we're going, I have suspicions that this this mass is alive. In fact, um, I'm going to go and cast Detect Evil really fast. Do you have it memorized for the day? Yeah. It's, that was the spell that I didn't know actually existed in AD&D or not. Ah, of course. Yes. The ground itself radiates intense evil. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I warn them that this is some sort of living creature or concept, at least, uh, in that it is very, very thoroughly evil. Um, have I told Frank about the Legend Lore scroll yet? Or was that something that just kind of came up while we were in Stromheim? Uh, it's up to you whether you've told him or not. Okay. I don't, I'll, I don't think I'll it's been said. I'll go and fill him in now and say, Frank, I have a... Uh, an opportunity for you. It's a bit of a dangerous one, but I do have some magic on reserve to help you in case things go bad. I have a, a rather rare spell, and I'll hold out the scroll to him that you could use to to identify what this this thing is. He looks at you. Shall we? Is now the appropriate time? No, is... no. I we need to head over these dunes first. We need to go to the south. I didn't realize the growth had extended so far. Shall we get a sample, he says, looking eagerly at the, the fleshy bit. Once we once we do our work there, I'll cut some out before we leave. I don't do want not. to alert anything to our presence before we absolutely have to. Once we cut anything out of this, we need to be ready to run for the hills. He nods a few times to you. Note that the spell I, I, I'm offering you, you might have heard the name, it's Legend Lore. You'll have he- to come into direct contact with this mass. Hmm. You'll have to okay. touch it with your hand gets a little bit of a smile at this and goes, ah, that's what I was hoping. I'm here to uncover the secrets of the world. I would be more than happy to volunteer to take a sample. All right. Well, once we've found the spot, I have some some protective magics I'm going to put on you in case this growth is afflictive. He nods in appreciation. And you guys can continue to move around the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, you head on down. Let me get a slightly better doodle here so I know where the edge is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we go to this layer. So you can see that it looks like that thus far. Uh, too many tabs. Okay, there we go. Mm-hmm. And you can keep moving along the edge of the desert mm-hmm. and see that it does continue to extend like that. 
as you pass alongside of it. Can I get a perception check from Van over the course yes. of the day while traveling in the the heat? No, it doesn't work out. It's oppressive heat. The the sand Anything itself, the, with all uh, the glass, is like reflecting light into your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to really see anything out there, especially with the dunes dipping up and down and the, the heat waves coming off of it. You keep thinking you see movement, and then you'll stop for a little while, and it's just the any the checks waves for the henchmen. And, uh, I made checks in secret for them. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think you'll end your first day or. As you get towards the end of your first day in the desert, what would you like to do? Uh, when we set up camp, I'm going to spread salt in a line around it, mm. um, hoping that that will ward off any incorporeals that want to come in. I don't actually know if that works or not, but worth a shot. How much salt do you have? Uh, a few pounds. I think I have like four pounds of salt. Okay, so like a circle around you guys? Yeah, just like spreading salt out in a circle. Okay. And hopefully I can recover most of it tomorrow. Okay. Might be a little bit sandy, but should be mostly salt. All right. And you set watches that night? Yeah, it's three pounds of salt, not four. Okay. Uh, and yeah, let's do... Probably the regular thing of, like, Frank and I bookending the watch. I guess I'll do first. Um, and then the fighters with the middle watches. Okay. Uh, can I get a perception check for you for the first watch? There we go. That's better. Beautiful. So that night, you're staring up at the sky, waiting, watching the horizon. Uh, when you see something sort of blotting out one of the, the stars out there, um... The image of Matrigal, goddess of hope, is sort of low on the sky um, to the, the north near the end of your shift. And one of the stars, her bottommost star, for a moment there, like, disappears from view. How tall, like, con- considering the ground and the distance... Uh, how tall would something have to be to blot out the star? Depends on how close it is to you, right? That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, is there... Because the ground is not even here, though, right? So there's only specific places that it could be. Mm-hmm. Is there, like, some sort of... I guess I, I probably can't get it down to, like, within a matter of a few feet, but I could probably get an idea of, like, it's probably, like, eight feet tall, or it's probably, like, 50 feet tall. Right, so it looks like something would have to be somewhere between, like, 10 and 20 feet tall, Mm-hmm. Um, or at least 10 or 20 feet off the ground to be blocking out this this little star. Okay. Um, we've been unfailing endurance. We're in the middle of a desert. Dusk is usually worse than night. Should we just move? Okay, I'm going to wait and and keep watch around this area. Mm-hmm. And then I think this is going to be our last night in Heatstroke. I think we're just going to force march it after this. Okay. Just 
making a note for future reference on some stuff. Uh, I don't want to do it like that and like that. Perfect. Okay, so you just spend the rest of the night here? Yeah, I think so. I'll, okay. I'll let somebody know and point them in the general direction of seeing some movement so that they know what to keep a, you know, keep a lookout for. Okay. Uh, in the early morning on Frank's shift, maybe, how do I should say? Maybe a, a couple hours before the, the sun comes up, um, he notes that the, this, fuck, hold on. conflicting ideas about how the world works and I'm not sure which one I should be going with and it <laughs> definitely impacts this very minor event that we're dealing with right now. I'm not sure how to adjudicate this. At some point in time, I've said that the stars move across the sky like they would normally on Earth and at mm -hmm. other times I've said that the stars remain like fixed and at one night like the stars are in one solid position and they don't move over the course of the night. Mm -hmm. uh, which is whether like the the planet spins or whether like it slowly rotates facing different parts of the sky during different right Times so, right yeah so I've gone back and forth on this and I don't know which one to do I think we're gonna go with the at night you'll have one vision of the sky pretty much all night all night long because the planet slowly faces okay, different so portions of the sky. Okay. It's like a star will hold its place in the sky all night long. Is the world flat? Uh, probably. Well, that's mostly for knowing, like, would the stars be roughly the same perspective around the globe? Yes. Okay. Yes. I think the world is a mostly flat plane. It might have a, some curvature to it, something like that. I don't know. It might okay. be... Might be saddle shaped. You know, the whole universe is fucking weird. Uh huh. We'll, we'll Jackie's get to already these... telling you to PM him. <laughs> I, I will PM nobody. I don't know what he wants. Um, you, you've made a huge decision here, Neil. I know. <laughs> I know. Okay, so with the concept that the, the stars in the sky don't move over the course of the night, mm -hmm. it's near sunrise when Frank tells you that the, or shakes you awake and points to the, the lower star of Matrigal and says, look, it's visible again, and rakes you that way. I get up. I haven't cast any spells today, so I guess I don't really need to finish sleeping, especially not what I've been unfailing endurance. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, what did he say again? that the bottom star of Matrigal is visible again. As oh, so something it was missing moved. consistently. It was, missed, it was missing all night long, and oh, then near the okay. sunrise... I thought it was like I saw it briefly vanish from something. No, no, no. It was okay. gone. And then near sunrise, okay. it appears again. You didn't see any movement? It, so I saw, like, the sky around it then, right? I saw, like, mm -hmm. the... Okay, so it was like the star vanished out of the sky. One, yeah, because it's a constellation with like twenty stars in it. Okay, I thought it was like a physical thing that was just standing in my in my eye shot. But if I saw the sky around it, then a star just kind of vanished from the sky temporarily. Yeah, yeah. I will put in chat the constellations. 
Um, so you can see what I'm talking about. She's the, the lower right constellation. Uh, the last time stars began disappearing from the sky, Malchus came down to this world in the flesh. I need some some time to reflect on this. You, sh you should finish your watch. I don't want to wake the others up yet. He finishes his watch. It's only a few more hours until the sun comes up. Yeah. During that time, I'm going to attempt to commune with Chis. Alrighty. Um, I know there's she a spell for it. She is also visible in the sky at this moment, if that matters to you. She's visible? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to commune here. Not not the spell commune, but just kind of the, the sort of, you know, casual phone call that I occasionally do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to ask... Uh, I'm going to see if I can get into contact first. Uh, yeah, you can feel her presence. It's not so much like a howdy neighbor as just mm -hmm. like a, an inner warmth when you close your yeah. eyes and focus. I say, do you know of the disappearing stars in the sky? The last this happened, Malchus touched the world directly and much chaos ensued. It wasn't a full constellation this time, but a star vanished for a number of hours, just gone. My brothers and sisters and are all around me. Uh, which which god was it again? Matrigal, goddess of hope. Matrigal as well? Yes. Thank you. I'll, I will bother you no more, but I'll, I'll keep an eye on it myself. Hmm. Okay. Um, once everybody wakes up, I'm going to tell them we're not spending another night in Heatstroke. We're going we're gonna to finish what we're about today, and then we're going to just break and force march for the hills and try to get to Hillsboro. Okay. And then uh, we'll take a long route around to get to Hourglass and talk to the dragon, because I don't, I don't want to <laughs> say anything. <laughs> All right, so uh, where, where are you going? What's your movement like? Uh, we're going to continue going along the edge here once we once we break camp and just move this, get past the dunes, um, and then once we're past the dunes, we'll head up to the the edge of the growth. I'll cast my my protection spell on Frank. He'll do his thing. Sure. And then uh, we're just going to break south and go right into these hills along the coast and try and make it to Hillsborough. Excellent. You follow the edge of the, the flesh all the way around until it hits the, uh, until you reach the cliffs. Mm -hmm. There's some growth here. There's some green on this coastal desert. It looks like there's maybe like morning fog or mist or some rains that come in because you've got like fairly nice green grasses and uh, gentle forests that cover the sides. And the flesh comes right up to a cliff and then like fleshly grows down the cliff and onto the the ground below, but not quite to the water's edge. It appears that the the flesh stops at the high water mark. Okay. Um, and it's on this cliff that I want you to make me a perception check. 25. Okay, good. You and Belle will both notice that there is an eyeball on the cliff. Maybe about, I don't know, the size of this coffee cup. Um, okay. Just on uh, the cliff, in the flesh, looking back and forth out over the okay. ocean. So we're going to retreat inwards a little bit so that the eye is out of view. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll 
tell Frank that he should he should get about it because this looks horrifying and I don't want to be here any longer than we absolutely have to be. Um, I'm going to cast protection from evil on him. Mm. Uh, once he's ready to do legend lore. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, one second. Let's just look up the legend lore spell. And then casting spells from a higher level. Where's our list of scrolls? Sorry about that. No worries. Gotta look at right. the stuff anyway. Alright. Rods, rings, spells. Alright. So when you use a spell that is created by a higher level wizard, is there a chance of I don't think so, because you, you use it as though you are that level as the cat. It's it's described as like the spell is pre-casted into the page. Right. And you're just releasing it. It'll be cast at the level of the creator, but mm-hmm. if a spell user oh. acquires a spell inscribed with a, a scroll inscribed with a spell of a level too high for him to cast, he can still try to cast it, but there's a chance of failure at 5% per level difference between the caster's present level and the level at which the spell could be used. Oh, wow. So That's a big. first level mage who finds a wish scroll has an 85% chance of failure. Oh, this is pretty brutal, actually. So, yeah. he's so he might not be level. the one to cast it. So that'd be a 45% chance of failure. Because for legend lore, you need to be 11th level, is it? 12th. 12th? Okay. So he's nine levels behind. Yeah. So you are only four levels behind. You would only have a, a 20% chance of failure. Oh, I can cast Wizard Scrolls? Let's go for it then. Uh, ooh, Hell yeah. good point. I failed to think about that. I don't know, actually. I know, I only know how it works in Hackmaster. <laughs> uh, let me look in here. Scroll. Mm-hmm. We'll just have to accept the the failure chance if I can't do it myself. Is it the DMG? Yeah, I'm looking at DMG page 196. Who can use these? The ability to use a scroll does not permit a wizard to use a, a priest to use a wizard spell or a wizard to use a priest spell. Okay. okay. So you yeah, can have so. Frank do it at an 85% chance of failure? No, 45. No, 45% chance of failure. Um, um, or you could find somebody else to cast it for you. I guess are our oh, options. Not really here. Gonna, unless, I, unless I suddenly learn summon high level wizard, I don't, I don't really know. Who else. <laughs> All right. So I think we have to we have to trust Frank on this one. Uh, I'll oh. this D100, so we want 55 or lower. You want 55 or lower. Um, that's a pass. He does it. Uh, so I cast protection from evil on him as he starts it. Okay. Um, I also have... Let me make sure this is actually a third level spell, because I burned a third level spell slot for it. Yes, it is third level. Okay. Okay, so it is going to take 
uh, 1d4 turns because you have the person, place, or thing in hand. Touching it, yeah. He's yeah. directly touching it. Um, I've also given him a jar and a dagger for when he's done to just kind of cut up a little bit of the flesh and stuff it into the jar. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't want two people touching it since I'm already kind of like keeping an eye on him. Containers uh, is the, a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Two, two turns, so 20 minutes to get this done. Perfect. Why don't we take a break, and when we come Perfect. back, we will learn what Legend Lore does. And this might be a slightly longer break, um, maybe 10 minutes or so. So we'll see you guys on the other side. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Hardcore Heroes. Sorry about the long break. DM prep is hard. All right. Uh, while Frank is doing the, uh, the, the ritual, I'm going to cast both Detect Evil and Detect Spirits. Ooh. They both last longer than his casting time by a good amount. They're like five plus turns each. Okay. Perfect. All right. So which spell do you cast first? Uh, let's start with Detect Spirits. I already know that there's going to be evil all around. This divination reveals the presence of disembodied or non-corporeal spirits of all types, including race ghosts, spectrals, astrally projected creatures, characters or monsters employing magic jar or possession, and of course, animal spirits and spirits of nature. You detect no spirits. Yep, but it lasts, and that's that's a big thing, is that I want it to last... It's it's gonna last nine turns, so it's gonna be over an hour. Yeah. Um, and I wanna I wanna keep an eye and make sure that he never has like any sort of possession starting to take root in him during the spell cast. Very clever. Um, and then I cast detect evil as well because I wanna make sure that the evil from the creature is not seeping into Frank. Correct, and it does not seep into Frank. It stays okay. on the fleshy ground. Perfect. Uh, that one's gonna be five turns, which is still plenty of time. Mm -hmm. And I just keep an eye on him during the process. Lucia and Belle seem, I don't want to say nervous, but on guard and alert. Mm -hmm. uh, they've got weapons drawn. Lucia's got her shield out, and they're sort of standing guard on either side of you and Frank, scanning the horizons, not really paying attention to what he's doing so much as keeping an eye on the things around you. Yep. Frank has 20 minutes in which he needs to cast his spell, or that it takes to cast his spell. So let's do, I need... Once he starts... Ooh, I should have done this earlier. Yeah, as soon as he starts, once I get my two spells off, I'm going to start casting Ethereal Barrier. Ethereal Barrier, okay. In case we get ambushed here. I was thinking I could save it for tonight, but no. I want to, because he's going to take two full turns. It's going to take me one turn to cast it. Mm -hmm. But if during the latter half we get ambushed, I want to be able to hopefully thin out some numbers. Okay. Uh, it basically stops any sort of like ethereal or spiritual creature from coming through. So any of those spirits that used to possess us won't be able to get in, but the, the physical demons will have no issue. Perfect. You cast Detect Spirits, Detect Evil. Both of those come back clean. You cast Ethereal Barrier. And I, it seems it's ten, fine. two 10-foot squares per level. So I just kind of like drop a nice wide area around us that okay. kind of like borders right up against the fleshy mass. Right, so two 10-foot squares per level. You're level eight, so you can get 16 10-foot squares. Yeah, so I give us like a nice wide berth, I guess. I, I try to make it as much of a square as I can. Okay. 
Um, so like all like a full box around you and the flesh. Yeah. Okay. Well, bordering up against the flesh, just trying to encompass the group in case we have to make a defensive stand. But it's still uh, all four sides, right? You're not like leaving an entryway. No. Okay. I don't. I don't want an entryway. Okay. Perfect. Um, and about oh, maybe another five minutes pass when you can see uh, appearing sort of on the next hilltop, which is not really a sand dune anymore. It's just like the this mountainy wall of flesh that rises are a, a pair of monsters, a pair of demonic looking, sword wielding, empty wing having monsters. I think I have a picture for you if I can find it. Yes. How do I turn this into a handout? How do I do it that? I will save that and show to everyone something that looks like this. They sort of have wings, but there's nothing in between the wings. And there's these large black plates that rise out of it all over the place at awkward angles, almost like a, a hedgehog, except they're thicker and, you know, variable length. Uh, and in its wow. hands, it wields a two-handed blade made out of obsidian. Okay. Yellow beaming eyes, clawed feet. I assume it radiates evil. Uh, I, if it's within range of your spell, it definitely does. I'm not sure if it is, but okay. you can. It, it radiates evil without the spell casting. You could just feel the evil <laughs> yeah, coming off this thing. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Well, I, I put protection from evil on Frank, um, mm -hmm. so hopefully it, it goes for us instead. Is my is my hope there? Okay. Uh, seeing that, I, I look to those and say. Defend Frank. He needs to finish his spell. Then we're going to make a break for it as soon as he's ready. The two creatures stand there for a little while until a third joins, and a fourth, and a fifth. Um, and then rising up behind them, sort of floating in midair, is this tall and very thin sort of creature covered in a hardened, iridescent black uh, chitlin, chitin exoskeleton with these uh let's see each of the the joints like the elbows and the knees have like tall similar black plates coming off of them but like longer and taller and wider so like big plates coming off of all the joints uh that end in sharp points there is a single eye that sits in the middle of its forehead with no nose or mouth or anything else it's just like the shape of a head with a single eye in it. And you can see on the palms of its hands are other eyes as well. The the creature seems to be sitting in midair with its feet crossed and in the place of where its abdomen would be on its tall distended stomach is actually just a, a gaping mouth with sharp teeth. Uh, both hands are held out on either side so it can look forward with them as well as with its main central eye and it hovers behind these creatures at the top of the hill um, and slowly joining them at the, the base of these creatures are these hairless, skinless, emaciated dog-like creatures with discolored bony plates protruding from joints and a jaw that unhinges. Spikes run down their backs from head down spine all the way to their tails. Um, and yet they still have no hair or fur or skin. And this configuration of monsters 
watches what you are doing from the top of a, a hill. Okay. Let's call it like 150 I'm, yards away. I'm happy to have them watch because it's been, it's pretty close to 20 minutes. I'm just waiting for Frank's spell to end. Mm-hmm. Frank finishes his spell, um, comes out of his trance, doesn't even seem to notice the things up there, and immediately grabs a dagger from his side and starts cutting at the ground, which oozes this like yellowish ichor okay. um, before um, taking a sample and shoving it in a jar. Okay, I, I say, Frank, get ready, and I start to rub my hands together. I'm going to rapport with him. And as soon as I have that rapport linked, I'm going to tell the rest to run, and we're going to book it. Okay. Uh, rapport, casting time is only one round. Excellent. Yeah. So you get what Frank knows. He, Yeah, he can communicate with me, and the idea is that he'll be able to do it very quickly while we run, and he won't have to say anything out loud. Right. So you guys turn and bolt. Yeah. and flee on horseback uh, as quickly as you can go, hopefully yep. hurting Chester and the... What's the barrel's name? Oh, that's a that's a great point. Maybe a good point what's for a, another What's a good pun there? Yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out. Yeah. Uh, hurting Chester and the barrel along the way. And Frank will rapport with you. The the ravenous cannibal born in the land where dragons cannot fly. This person's heart was fickle and more, yearning for what they most deplore. Can you say that line again? This person's heart was fickle and more, yearning for what they most deplore. Okay. The colony ever grows. Feeding on hands and toes. It commands and devours, but beware its magical powers. And that is the result of the spell. Okay. Uh, and you guys bolt. The yeah, creatures seem break for it. content not to chase you. Perfect. Um, and you guys can flee southward. You have a unfailing endurance to the party? Yes, the whole, because I can do a creature per level, so I get the horses and the, the group. Perfect. Then yep. with that in tow, you can make it to the hills uh, just after nightfall. All right, perfect. Uh, we'll set up a camp tonight and keep watches. I'll, uh, I think I'll relate the whole poem to the rest of the party. See if okay. any of them can think on it. Lucia and Belle have no idea what's going on here. Yeah, I I, I don't either. So it's it's one of those just keep a mind on it. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what can what can pop into your head at a moment's notice. They will definitely think on it. Whoa! I have a bunch of scrolls. When did that happen? You push into the hills around Hillsborough, the the Rock Ridge, as it's called. Yeah, I think we're going to go probably like nice and deep into the hills. And once we find a nice secluded spot, that's where we can camp out.
right, you do find <clears throat> you do find yourself a a nice secluded space in the hills where you can camp out. Uh, the night passes uneventfully, although in the morning you do see a very large bird of prey soaring in the air above, gliding on the warming what do you call the columns of heat that rise off the ground? Thermals. Looks like a looks like a rock. Looks like a rock. Yeah, I'm gonna stay away from that then. Uh, we're in a secluded area. I assume that it would have trouble like maneuvering down here because there's probably like enough like high rising things that it can't freely fly down into the hills, right? Perhaps. It doesn't look like it's coming for you. It looks like it's yeah. just cruising as birds do on the thermals in the morning. You know, um, not gonna not gonna take a chance though. We'll mm-hmm. we'll keep low and not move if we don't have like clear bits of cover to hide from the rock. Mm-hmm. And we'll just wait for it to go do its thing. I'm not in any rush. Okay. All right. You guys can continue your journey to Hillsborough then. Mm-hmm. And it is a short hop, jump, and a skip there. Maybe uh, ten miles to get you there. All right. As we're as we're getting close, I say. So I might might maybe possibly not be particularly welcome in Hillsboro. So let's keep my name light on lips while we're here. And maybe maybe think that you're uh, just just with me by circumstance as travelers, so that if I have to make a break for it, you don't get dragged into my mess. It was a bit of a misunderstanding, but it happened in Res- Redport. I don't know if word would have traveled all the way to Hillsboro. There's a, an exchange of uncomfortable glances before Bell speaks up and says, um, <clears throat> Mr. Van Helsing, if there is something I should know, I hope you would tell me. A friend of mine was ambushed by uh, ruffians on the street of Redport, and the scuffle, one thing led to another. Somebody very stupid set his web on fire, and some people might have died in the process. It was it was a bit of a chaotic mess. I wasn't involved in it myself, but everything kind of got a bit out of hand very fast, and I had to flee the town. Uh-huh. She and Lucia exchange glances that's read to you like this is some sordid past that I wasn't aware of <laughs> um, and Frank is oblivious to anything going on looking at this jar with the this flesh in it um, carefully mm-hmm. observing it while we were reported did he have anything else to share about like the experience of casting the spell were there uh, any like weird sensations or anything that came along with the contact with it or anything like that? No, no weird sensations. Maybe just like a little bit of uh, jubilant joy slipping in accidentally through the rapport where he's just like, oh my god, this is a six level spell and I got to cast it and this thing is definitely from another world or if that's what it seems, like the land where dragons cannot fly, right. oh my god, where is that place? Um, that sort of right. excitement. Um, so with that in mind... Uh, and I, I didn't notice, like, he had not been possessed and no evil had seeped into him from that whole experience of the... Okay, perfect. Not that you were able to detect. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Great. You make it to Redport, uh, to Hillsboro. There are nice big walls there, guarded by dwarves with crossbows on the top and humans with halberds on the bottom. Um, they see you guys coming. The halberds set against the the wall facing you. The dwarves with crossbows aim them in your direction, and a clear voice calls out uh, from a a human saying, All right, there's close enough, well-armed party. What's your business? We were investigating the mass emanating from Heatstroke. It's a long... You too, huh? Oh, have there been others? Yep. 
are any of them around still? Could we could we talk to them about it? I'm looking to gain any information I can about it. They the guards wave you a bit closer, seeming to appreciate what you have to say, and say, well, some other folks came through last month or something. Same story. Haven't seen them in a while. Hmm. At least they haven't come out this way while I was on duty. And um, ooh, we sent some folks that way last year. Mm -hmm. Never saw them again. It's growing rather steadily. It's further than, than I expected it to be. It's most of the way to the hills of Hillsborough at this point. It's covered most of Heatstroke, or covered most of the desert itself. Well... Not my problem. Tell me, are there any powerful wizards or clerics in Hillsborough? We got a wizard or two and a handful of clerics, certainly. One one of well repute. I'd like to meet with them. We cast a very powerful magic on that on that fleshy mass, and I'd like to share the, the knowledge we gain. I'm sure the his uh royal, his highness would be more than happy to accept uh, an audience with you. Welcome to the the great kingdom. Uh, he looks to his buddy. What are we calling this kingdom now? <laughs> the guy's like, I don't know. Is it Wake Kingdom, Hill Kingdom, Clyde Kingdom? There have been a lot of names. And the other guy goes, yeah, I know, but like, come on. We got visitors. What do we call, what's the kingdom? The guy's, oh, look, look. Welcome to the new kingdom in the West. East. Welcome to the Kingdom of the East. Hmm. Thank you. That's uh, not an audience. We're we're looking to move quick. Are there still ships sailing out of Hillsboro? Yeah. Hmm. Of course. Where, where do they travel to? Oh, all around. We are the the greatest trading nation uh, kingdom in all of Arcadia. I see. Mm-hmm. Do any still travel to anywhere in Eridon? In the former kingdom of Aradon? Certainly. Yes. Certainly, uh, Weatherlight and Milfaldur, Keldram, hell, even to Blue Cliff and High Castle. Although that's about all there is left. It's true. What about Drekus? I, I need to spread this word. So I think I'm going to have some travels to do in the near future. Yeah. Also, is there. Hmm. Do you, do you know where the brass dragon of, of the, uh, the desert stays? I may need to pay him a visit. Uh, well... <clears throat> that's a question of some confusion these days. Oh? Yeah. Have, have circumstances changed? You know, there's supposed to be... Sky is the brass dragon, right? But uh, ain't no one seen him in a, a spell. Hmm. So you make it out of what you will. I don't know if it's dragon mating season or or if the he's just fucked off and gone home. I see. Or Do if he any... buried in the ground. Mm -hmm. Do you have any sort of uh, library in Hillsboro? And does it have a does it have a depiction of of the the dragon? Anything I can use to learn more about this dragon it could help me in locating it. The one guy kind of fumbles and doesn't really want to answer your question. The other guy goes, "Well, actually, there is a a small group of fanatic dragon worshippers that live on the east side of town. 
they're a little bit nuts, but they know <laughs> they they collect and gather information on all the Arcadian dragons and really they're a little bit nuts. I don't think you might want to show up wearing what you're wearing, he says, pointing to the dragon scale armor on the party. Perhaps I'll go alone. I'd prefer not to deal with fanatics, but if it gives me an opportunity to locate Sky, that might be might be they for the best. Are fanatical. Yes. I, I may need to skip the, the audience with the, the Lord of Hillsborough, but I will write a letter and, and send the information that we've gathered. Uh, is there is there a temple or a, a larger temple in town? They nod. Yeah. All right. You can find uh, it. You know, they give you directions to the main yep. temple. All right. Perfect. Um, I'll find like a reasonable inn and set up my uh, my companions there and explain. I'm going to go to the temple um, mm-hmm. and see if I can set up a quick base of operations there. And then I'm going to go talk to these fanatics. Um, I ask if Frank wants to come with, and I I, I, I say, Bell, I, I suppose you could come, but you probably don't want to wear that armor. I don't I don't know if you want to go without your without your equipment. I would go to act as your bodyguard, but I believe you are probably more than well equipped to deal with a couple of fanatical dragon worshippers. They tend to be big on ideals and low on abilities. Very well. I can handle that on my own. All right. All right. So, yeah, I'll set them up in an inn, and then I'll head to a temple. Okay. You can make your way to the temple. Um, it is run by Mother Mira of Seor, uh, got priestess of Seor, who you would probably... Would you know this from your days living around here? Uh, maybe not, but you can find it out fairly quickly just by mm-hmm. asking around town. She is a human, sort of older, maybe like uh, 70 years by now. Um... 5'5", 143 pounds, so, you know, reasonably sized, maybe a little bump at her age. Mm-hmm. And you can find her outside the temple, sweeping the steps and uh, giving smiles and waves and blessings to people as they walk on in. Okay. Uh, I walk in and say, greetings. I, uh... Sarah's blessing. How can I help you? I have some rather, some rather urgent information. Regarding the the flesh growing out of heatstroke. Oh. I I have words of the of the the abomination spoken in riddle, but known to be true. Perhaps you could help puzzle them out here, and I'll I'll repeat the poem to her verbatim. Her face darkens as you read this, and she like sets or hands her broom off to like uh, a nearby acolyte and says, "Here, finish the steps." and motions you back into the inner sanctum of the temple, um, retreating from the sounds and noises of the city. Mm-hmm. Okay. Inside, you can hear the monastics doing their, their chants and prayers and songs sort of in the distance as footsteps echo throughout the halls. She brings you back to her private quarters in the far back right corner of the temple, sits you down, pours you a glass of lemonade and asks you to, you know, tell her what you have learned. Um, One thing is, are there names? Like, you mentioned that there were other worlds, right? Like, there's the the world that was made for dragons, then dragons turned out to be too uppity, so the gods were like, okay, whatever. And then they moved on to the other one. Is there a name for that world that was abandoned because everyone there was, like, a 
wretch. I, if there was a name, uh, the gods keep it to themselves. Mm-hmm. Maybe a, a dragon knows, but certainly no mortal that I'm aware of. Perhaps That's... we should give it one because, if I'm not mistaken, this poem is referencing that. That's that was the impression I got. Unless you have another theory. No. That sounds... You say this was about the... The mass, the flesh growing out of out of heatstroke. I assume the structure in the center, as well as this growing mass, are one and the same. She nods. I have been concerned about this for some time. I have petitioned uh, Baron Deephill to investigate this further. When, when it first appeared, we sent out a small crusade of knights and wizards and clerics to go investigate it. Mm-hmm. Um, only a few stragglers ever returned, but they were too far gone, and well, they, they had nothing to share before they passed. Um, see. After then, I don't think any concerted effort has been made by his lordship to deal with it. Um, hmm. I have a I have a feeling that this will become a, a danger that threatens all the people of this land before long. But everyone's I, too busy squabbling and fighting their their wars to band together and rid the world of this threat. She nods in agreement. I share your feelings identically. Hmm. There's another reason I've come. Do you know of the Dragon Sky? Certainly. Is there any... I have... I, I, I have need to speak with this dragon. I, I have a feeling he may know more. But I know the dragon went missing recently. I, uh, I have magic that may be able to locate him, but anything that you can offer that would help me become more familiar with it would help the spell have a greater chance of success. She cocks her head to the side uh, and asks what spell you are intending to cast? Reflecting pool. Hmm... Cool. What do you? Uh, it's need? under the scrying rules under crystal balls. So you'll probably right. want that. Uh, would would some would a possession that once belonged to the dragon be of use to you? Let me double or, check. Or um, a bit of his body. A bit of his body sounds a lot more useful. Um, let me find. I I don't know why I'm suddenly struggling to find. Here we go. Magical items. Nope, that's not it. She goes into a chest and pulls out a brass dragon scale necklace. It's made of like really small scales, um, maybe like from around the ear or something. Uh, And it's just a a series of brass scales that come around and form like a a V that would hang at just below the collar. You've saved me from having to go speak to those fanatics. Oh yes, don't those, mm, no, 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 no. (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to find the rules for the crystal ball, but I'm struggling here. Is it under treasure tables? No. Magical item. Oh, here we go. Magical item descriptions. Maybe under miscellaneous list. Crystal ball. Personally known, slightly informed of on another plane. Garment in possession does help. Yes, because it's better than slightly informed of. Perfect. Oh, no. Part of in possession is even better. Okay, perfect. Uh, I thank her for it, and I ask if she can help us out. I need, like, a basin that I can put clean water into, 
and ask if she can set up facilities for me to cast it. She has a basin here in the room that she uses to wash her face with. Uh, she'll wash it out and pour a pitcher of nearby water into it. Hmm. All right. Um, I guess how this works is I probably like put a scale inside of the basin since it's part of in possession. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to attempt to cast Reflecting Pool here. Okay. I technically didn't take it today, but the difference would be like me resting up tonight and doing it tomorrow. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. You know, maybe you arrive late at night and she, you rest here in the temple. I think yeah. we can be a little soft with time. If anything, yeah. we need to burn more time, so it's fine. Sure. Yeah, we'll say that we stay a few days in Hillsboro, just mm-hmm. kind of licking our grievances after mm-hmm. seeing the weird eye in the cliff. Right. All right. I, pro- I have to cast a Windborn to get rid of it, so at some point I accidentally slam my head into the ceiling of the temple. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, you- so I cast uh, Reflecting Pool. It's a 50-50 chance since I have a part of him in possession. Yeah, I'd have to personally know him to get better. So roll D100. Hey. So I believe it fails if he's on another plane, but if he's still on the prime material plane, it should work. Let me check. Oh no, or into other planes of existence. This is the crystal ball effect? Uh, yes. 30 minutes, one time per day is the the max. Crystal ball. Garment of possession. It's part in possession. Part in possession. Okay, perfect. Do do do. In love, viewing beyond these periods of time will force you to make saving throws. So you're not going to be doing that. So you can view for half an hour once a day. Yeah, and it says it goes to other planes. Apparently, over virtually any distance or into other planes of existence. Hmm. <clears throat> Excellent. Um, I'm going to. That's what I want to be looking at. Yeah. So this is what you see in the reflecting pool. Just this massy or this fleshy mass. This mass of flesh with these like weird prisons of tusks or bones that sort of bulge out like nasty pimples. Yeah. Okay, so I think we're looking at this and coming to the... Oh, there's a person here? Is that intentional? Oh, no, there's not supposed to be a person on the map. Where is it? Oh, that's <laughs> that's a Van Helsing token. Oh. Yeah, you're not there. I can't even control it. Yeah. Interesting. Alright. So I think we're coming to the conclusion pretty quickly then that uh, this dragon was swallowed up. Does it center over any particular point, like over one of these uh, weird tusk things? Just kind of over this large stretch of fleshy mass that must be, you know, 100, 150 feet or so across. It's sort of indistinct and not focused on any one part. Okay. You probably see Van Helsing, like, curse under his breath and say, well, I suppose that leaves out asking Sky questions. Things grow grim. She is watching over your shoulder during this part, and as you say that, goes, Ah, 
Does that mean that Sky has been consumed by this flesh? That's my guess. It's I, I scried Sky, which means that Sky is most certainly there. Sky, as I understood, was over a thousand years old. Mm-hmm. If one had to give an age class to him, they would use a, oh, I don't know, a term like worm or venerable. He was an old dragon. Perhaps his time came and he died peacefully and the flesh rolled over him. She says, not really believing the words she's saying, but hoping that maybe that sounds convincing and everything can be solved. That way. We could wish, but somehow I doubt it. I don't think the spell would work if Sky was dead, in fact. So what is it then? Sky's been imprisoned inside of that mass. I don't know what it's doing to him. That that aura could I could I sh- could I show you through magic? She yeah. Go for uh, it. I'll cast rapport and I'll show her like the overwhelming evil that, that emanates from the uh from mm-hmm. the flesh firsthand and I say I don't yeah. know what I don't know what would happen to a creature that became consumed by such a such an entity I have no idea Sky Sounds... may be venerable but I don't know if he could withstand even that may Sora may say or equip us with the tools to defeat this monstrosity uh, how what do you need how may I assist you in what I can only expect will be a problem we all must fight one day? I don't know what we can do besides ending the wars. We need people to stand together. At this point, I don't think a group of... I'm four men strong. I'll be five when my companion rejoins me, but powerful as we are, I can't expect us to sally into heatstroke and end this menace. I think five. this is going to require cooperation between the nations of the world. <laughs> She chuckles. Um, right. I do believe Drakus and Mistria are at each other's throats. Yes. Although that war does appear to soon be over. At least that's what the sailors say. Those that head to Mistria come back with very little in their pockets. Some even have returned having been robbed by was, the kingdom there. Yes, it was attempt. It was mostly an attempt at looting, and things have not been going well for Drekus lately. I think it overstepped its its bounds in engaging in two wars. Uh, well, maybe the Akubans. Except, aren't they in the middle of a civil Akuba. war? I know very little of Akuba. Um, their king had, was recently killed. I had heard. So, yes, uh, murdered by an assassin while visiting in Mystria. Um, Interesting. Wonder if it has any connection to the... uh, I I start flashing over visions like the Malchus clerics and and the the slaughters that they they caused. Murder assassins killing nobles in the streets? That sounds quite similar. Perhaps it's one of those... She thinks there are two extra priests. We don't have any clerics of Malchus here in Hillsborough. 
but perhaps there's one in Clydesdale or Redsport. Uh, she calls for one of her assistants, a uh, Father Boros of Astaire, and questions him about the clerics in Clydesdale and Redport and Rockwave. Let's see. What do they got in Redport? Do they have any clerics of Malchus there? There's a, a Father Crin of Malchus in Redport. And... Um, we not have clerics for Clydesdale? Uh, no clerics of Malchus in Clydesdale. Yes, yeah, so Father Crin in Redport. He might be able to answer questions of whether this is Malchus's bidding or not, although I don't know if he would answer truthfully. You know, those those clerics of Malchus, they always are... It's so hard to understand that when they're speaking truth and lies. They're... They... So say the Archbringers of Chaos. Yes, I, I do I, believe uh... Malchus instills his own clerics with a, a, a sense of trustworthiness and distrust. You know, they they never betray their intent. It makes them very I, uh, difficult to read. I doubt he'd want... Considering I killed all of those Malchus clerics, I don't think he'd want much to do with me if word ever reached him of that. Hmm. 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 Van's probably, like, looking at a map on the wall. It says, Heatstroke mm. is rather isolated, isn't it? Certainly. Difficult how, to get to. Do you know how big that structure is? The, the, the source of this flesh that's growing out of it? I, I don't know what structure of which you speak, but Heatstroke is known for its pyramid at the center. It's a ziggurat. Wasn't there some new mass that was that was growing inside of Heatstroke? I, I assume that was... Hmm. It's probably like a small smile on Van's face, and he says... Do you suppose whatever it is would die if we crashed something very heavy over the city itself? Perhaps a massive airship? I have no idea. What what would you crash, and how would you do it? She says, intrigued. A friend of mine reached the wizard airship. The, the one that flies above Arcadia not too long ago. I have no idea how we could co-opt it. But if we can't get the nations of the world to work together, I think we might have to go with the time-honored strategy of dropping something heavy on the problem and hoping it kills it. I sincerely doubt that the <laughs> ancient wizards who built that airship would be willing to crash it into anything. That's or true. anyone. That's uh, true. You'd have to find a way to not give them any choice in the matter. Perhaps... That sounds dangerous. Perhaps Matava would be your next point of cooperation. Oh? They are at war with no one, trading with everyone, profiting off the war, have spent no resources, engaged with anyone for quite some time. They might not listen to you coming to them, but maybe to someone. Where does that fall on the map? Matava is um, this kingdom down here. Okay. Uh, it is, you would know that it is a matriarchal slave state that is uh, brutally oppressive. Right. 
Um, and they've got this like tiny, easily defendable position that they just trade with everyone from and mm -hmm. sort of close their borders to the outside world and don't really get involved with anyone's politics other than to trade. Uh, you would know that all men here are born into slavery under their mothers mm -hmm. and, and are pressed into like all the physical labors and as like infantry in the army and they at best wear like leather armor and then the the officers are you know well equipped and well trained in plate and steel and brass uh, and are all female and that uh, foreign men coming through this area are not really accepting. that's what I was going to ask is like okay it's not a welcome thing I say well yeah unfortunately I'm not sure who I could send in my stead for that because I don't I have a feeling if I walk into Mataba I won't be walking out again she nods with you. Yes, maybe. Mm, well, if we want to unite the world, or the uh, at least Aradon, um, the dwarves in the north have created a, their own kingdom as well. She says. I assume they're north separate from the war, then. They, as I understand it, have their own problems. Oh. Yes. Uh, some. Cyclops have attacked Milfaldur, and they've dwarves have been waging war against the uh, monsters of the hills, trying to reclaim it in their ancestral names. Um, hmm. She ponders to herself over and over again. Uh, maybe the far western kingdom in former Eridon? Uh, Blue Cliff Confluence, High Castle, and Meadstead have all formed a a coalition or a, a confederacy of sorts under the former count in High Castle, who now counts himself king. Hmm. Um, I guess the longest shot of all would be <coughs> the elves, but you know... They don't do anything with anyone. You can't trust anyone. At least not without a hundred years. You can't trust anyone who lives that long. Certainly. Well, Van Helsing, cleric of Chiefs. We are in a bit of a pickle, aren't we? It may be up to the four of you to do this, after all. <sighs> Things were so much easier when there were, what, five kingdoms on the map? Hmm. Well, this is a bit of a problem. So, Sky is gone. Are there any other... There's the Mist Dragon, but I doubt it would know anything unless it's been disturbed. Hydroxis? There... Yes, I have not seen that one in some time either. Do you know anything about it? Is it receptive to visitors that can reach it? Um... I could reach it. That's not my concern. I'm more worried about it attempting to eat me when I do. She, she, he, hold on. She is a reclusive one, uh, usually opting to avoid people rather than meet with them. I doubt she would eat you on sight unless you appeared by surprise in her lair. Hmm. She's shy or doesn't like to interact with the world. Occasionally she will rescue uh, drowning sailors and occasionally she will sink ships. So, 
bit of a tempestuous relationship. Perhaps. Hmm. It could do for an audience, though it's risky. Mm-hmm. But that Hydroxus is the closest dragon to this growth now that Sky's gone. There's a gold dragon in, in near Stromheim. I've spoken to them before, but... Nixium, yes. I doubt they'd be much help at this point. They're so far away. And as I understand it, they're advising the Queen of Eridon, so anything that Hydroxus, or sorry, not Hydroxus, Nixium would know, I probably would have learned with the audience I had recently. Hmm. I suppose I may need to speak to Hydroxus after all. She walks over to a cupboard, opens it, and pulls out four healing potions and heads over to you and hands them to you, saying, Sayor gives us the ability to create all things in this world, including potions of healing. I feel you will need these in your journey more than I will here. Uh, please I, take these. Thank you. <laughs> There's, I, I probably will. <sighs> well, this should be an interesting conversation with my companions. Thank you for your, for your time. Also, do you have some pen and ink? Maybe we should write out that poem to send to the wizards here in Hillsborough. The more minds we have thinking on this riddle, the better. She will produce pen and paper and let you write down whatever you need. And she promises, because she's on the um, the Lord's Council, that she can get it to the wizards here in town. I think his name is Borean or Boris or Bormium or something in that realm. All right. Are there any other horrible things under the under the the water of uh, around Misty Valley? Wouldn't do to be eaten by a giant fish before I even reach Hydroxus. Oh, just the usual sharks and eels, uh, the occasional sahagwin. Um, sahagwin. They they keep mostly to themselves. The fish people okay. here. Have they ever? Those are intelligent creatures, right? Yes, they attacked Redport en masse three or four years ago, allied with uh, hill giants and hobgoblins. They were easily driven off, uh, and no one has seen them since. They're not. Are they? Uh, are they hostile on sight? Are they relatively willing to uh, to communicate to speak? I don't think. I think they tend to be more hostile. Uh, hmm. But as I said, no one has seen them since the failed siege of Hills uh, Red, uh, Redport. Well, I guess it's speaking to the dragon. Thank you for your time. Hmm. She dismisses. She waves goodbye. Uh, I return the brass necklace to her. Aha. Good. All right. Um, I'm going to head back to the inn. All right, you guys are hanging out at the Journeyman's Rest House. Yeah. Is the name of the inn here? Let's see here, and I will explain to them that I am probably going to have to go into the Misty Valley and walk under the sea and <laughs> parlay with the dragon. Uh, uh, the himself probably sounds a little bit. Well, therein is the problem. I only have enough to cast a particular spell twice, and it's not particularly long in its usage. I'm not sure if I can if I can bring anyone else with me, but I might be able to bring Hydroxus to the shore. 
where she could speak to the rest of us. Hmm. I've done that once before. Hopefully it works as well this time. I've heard Hydroxis is a little bit more unpredictable. Hmm. I suppose if she wants to kill me, I won't have to be able to do much about it, but we need whatever information we can get. So shall we meet you somewhere? Leave you to yes, do let's, this? Let's head out to the let's head out, I guess, into the hills. Perhaps we could get a, a ship to drop us off somewhere off the coast around around here. And then I could uh, head into the Misty Valley. I need I need more specific information about exactly where uh, where the dragon's known to nest. Is, is it under the sea, or are they known to be like on the island? No one knows where she lives. It's a mystery. Interesting. Okay, um, I'll go around asking at the docks if anyone's willing to sail toward the Misty Valley. Ooh. All right. Well, give me a charisma check because this is something fishy, and most people aren't going to be interested in. You're going to need to convince them. <laughs> Hey, hey, do you want to go sailing toward this dragon? Excuse me, would you like to go meet a dragon? <laughs> Everyone's like, nope, nope, Misty Valley. No one goes there. And then someone else is like, you mean the place near where all that creepy crawly flesh is? You know, I seen lights out around Heatstroke. I ain't going anywhere near that place. I don't go north anymore. I just head south. <laughs> all right. Yeah, um, I guess we go on foot. So nobody knows where the dragon is, huh? Mm-hmm. How far out is it to reach this? Four miles? With unfailing endurance and free action, I could probably run along the seabed and make it to the Misty Valley in four miles. Do you have free... Oh, wait, how do you get free action? It's a fourth level spell. <gasps> Ooh. That allows you to move in water as if it were normal air, right? Yes. Even under the influence of magic and peace. We've done this before. I, I free action to speak to uh, Nixium the one time that we that we met that one. Underwater, individuals move at normal speed and inflict full damage, even with such cutting weapons as axes, swords, and with smashing weapons as hammers, flails, and maces. Uh, provided that the weapon is wielded in hand rather than hurled. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't breathe under the water with it, but you can run underwater. If it's four miles... Oh, I have water breathing as well. There you go. People walk at three and a half miles an hour. Um, so yeah. you could well, easily and then get with there with unfailing endurance. Yeah, with unfailing endurance, I could probably do it in half that time. Do it at a nice late yog. Uh, enhances the natural hardiness and stamina of the affected creatures by rendering them virtually immune to fatigue or exhaustion. So, how fast does an average person run a mile? Maybe like um, eight minutes, nine minutes, right? Average the person. The best I've was six minutes. Um. Van's pretty fit, so I would guess, like, yes, yeah, seven minutes, maybe, to seven run Seven minute mile. mile? Okay, well, with unfailing endurance, you I think you could just keep running seven minute miles on top of each other. Maybe seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. So, uh... Yeah, let's, 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 if we're gonna nine, do that ten. continuously, it's probably better to do, like, eight minute miles, then. Because you, like, six minute mile was the best I've done, but that was a hard mile. Right. So, so eight minutes, eight minutes is probably more sustainable for Van. Okay. Uh, so... That's about half an hour to get there. Okay. Yeah, because I figure, like, Unfailing Endurance mentions that you can exhaust yourself still. So I figure it's probably more like a jog okay. than it is a uh, than it is just, like, a dead sprint. Right, okay, so something like eight minutes at, like, a, a, a steady jogging pace. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, there's something in here about, like, you can, you can push yourself and you have, like, resistance to, to extreme bits of fatigue. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
up to 16 hours with moderate fatigue yeah so 12 hours no fatigue 16 with moderate so so it has its limits it's just like extreme endurance sure so if you, if you basically if you just double your movement speed which we're going to call jogging you can mm-hmm. do um about a, mi- a mile in just over eight minutes or sure. just under eight minutes so that's perfect so um, eight times four is 32 minutes. That'll take you 32 minutes to run from shore to shore underwater <laughs> in plate mail. I mean, I, I could also do water walking. I just don't know if, if okay. Hydroxus is under. I'm going to ask around and say, do people know? Because Hydroxus is known to save sailors occasionally, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I ask around and say, is Hydroxus known to come from the air or from the sea? As in, does she seem to approach from under the water or or above it? She appear, prefers to swim mostly, um, okay. or on rainy or misty or foggy days, uh, hovering low or flying low above the, the, the waves. She particularly enjoys windy days where the, with large waves where kind of mists get blown around. She does love the, the air-water combination is her favorite. Okay. Um... Interesting. How long does water walking last? Water walk. One turn plus one turn per level. Eh, probably a little bit. Yeah, I'd have to have a bunch of spells ready for that if I wanted to take anyone with me. Like, we could jog across, but then we'd have to sleep there. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it's best if I go alone, then. Okay. Hmm. It sounds like, so she keeps low, but not necessarily from under the water. She tends to, like, coast on the surface a little bit, or, like, low above it. Yeah. I mean, these are all sort of, like, hobbled-together descriptions over a few days from various people. It's it's hard to get a solid depiction of what she would be doing. Everyone Mm -hmm. seems to have, you know, one sailor that you talk to says, well, I saw her once, but she didn't breach the surface. You know, just at one point I could see a single spine come up. I thought it was a shark, and then I looked closer and it was too long to be a shark. And someone else says that they ran into her on a foggy day because her uh, wing clipped their mast and broke the top of their mast off because she was flying so low to the water. And somebody else claims to have been rescued by her and just remembers being like dragged up onto shore and then seeing this like tail swim into the water as it, as he came to consciousness. And um, someone else, you know, claims that she saw the, the dragon body surfing in a storm one time. Uh, so it's this, like, depiction. She's always really close to that, that air-water divide, mm-hmm. but it's hard to tell if there's a, a definite preference for one or the other. Okay. Uh, I ask if you know how deep the sea is around there. Ooh. Um, yes. If it is this light blue color... Um, which I will point to here, this light blue shade, uh, the sea is fairly shallow. It's where you hit the the dark blue that the, drops off the continental crust and goes into, like, the deep sea. So this is somewhere between, you know, 100 and 200 feet deep here, and this gets down quite deep. So it would go more than 100 feet if I were to go, like, from here to here, getting to the Misty Valley? Uh, could maybe just be 100 feet across. Well, the idea was that I have 100 feet of rope, so I could have somebody walk across the surface while I go underneath, and we could stay buoyed <laughs> together. That would be interesting. Um, yeah. I guess you could just double the amount of rope you have and do that. You might want to double yeah. it anyway, because if it had to be taut, then the waves might 
oh, you know, give point, pressure. Yeah. You want some slack in there. That's a good point, yeah. Well, because then one could, like, direct me toward the island, since I probably wouldn't be able to see it underwater. That's true. Might be difficult to keep your bearing <laughs> yeah, 100 gonna, feet below the ocean. I'm going to buy another 100 feet of crystal <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I'm going to have to go back to Drekka soon to get more money. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Yeah, what? so I'll get another 100 feet of rope, and I say, tell me, who wants to, um... Does anyone want to go meet a dragon? Uh, Bor... Uh, Frank throws his hand up in the air instantly. Yes, yes, I want to meet the dragon. A dragon. I've always wanted to meet a dragon. <laughs> and the two knights are kind of like... We're here to save the world, or to find an honorable death. I, I, we would be happy to meet with the dragon if it helps our goals, but... You know... Uh, sure. Sounds good to me. Frank, do you want to go take the underwater voyage or the, uh... Underwater. Across... Underwater. Okay. Uh, let's see here, then. Uh, I've got 200 feet of rope. The idea I have, uh, I'll walk across the surface. You walk underneath the surface. We stay buoyed together with that rope so I can direct you toward the Misty Valley, and you know which way you're going. And then if you run into the dragon on the way, tug three times with it taut. It's like three sharp tugs will will tell me that you that you've encountered the dragon and see if you can direct her to take us to the sur or take you to the surface. You'll be able to breathe underwater, but you won't be able to uh, to speak. Your right. vo your voice won't carry. And what if I see a shark? Can you fight a shark? Maybe I should go underwater. <laughs> I've never fought a shark before. In fact, Maybe I, I should do it. I don't know how to swim. Is that going to be a problem? Uh, tell you, I'll walk underwater. You you okay. take the above route. And You're gonna... um, what about sharks on the surface? Jump. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, why don't we go to our second break for the day? We'll see you guys on the other side. Bye, everyone. Hey, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Hardcore Heroes. A couple more day, maybe another day passes in. Uh, Hillsborough while Van prepares his spells for everything. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you set off. It probably took you four days to get there, five days to do this, maybe another three or four days in town. So it's been nine or ten days since you left Stromheim, we'll call it. Okay. I think that puts us at the end of February, March, April, end of April, end of May? <coughs> end of April or end of May. I don't remember which month we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. And we've got a plan, right? Yeah. Yep. Hopefully we don't draw any ire because we're going well past where the, the flesh growth is, right? Or we're not going anywhere near where that is. Like, we're, uh, we're a good distance away. Like, we're probably In theory, yeah, because... Yeah, like a good few days ago. Miles. Yeah, a few days ago, it was five or six miles. So unless the flesh has grown five or six miles in a few days, you should have easy access. Okay. Yeah, so we're going to head up that way along the uh, along the coast, same way we came to get back to here as our starting point. I guess maybe we should just leave Lu uh, Lucila and Belle in town and they can just kind of hang out. I mean, there's no reason for them to, to come out. I think if the Mist Dragon wants us dead, we're probably all going to die. Right. So is there anything that they could do on your behalf in town while you're away? What could they be put to? That's a good question. Um have them 
Sir, I sent. I spoke to the the major temple in town. She's going to send word to the wizards. Are there any other people of repute in town who should know about the the issue of the growing flesh? Hmm. So I spoke to the temple. She'll speak to the wizards, and the right. wizard presumably is going to speak to the uh, the lord. Hmm. She can also speak to the lord as well. They're both uh, Bromulan is his name. Both right. she and Bromulan have access to him. Yeah. So maybe like. Uh, perhaps the the new king in Clydesdale. Um, oh, that could be a good idea. Clydesdale's yeah. the the capital of this new kingdom. Yeah, that's actually that's probably a good idea. Um, have them travel out with a, with a small group, find a find a wagon heading to Clydesdale, and see if they can spread news there. And I'll directly uh, rapport. So I guess take an extra day for me to rapport with um, with Lucila. What what I saw and what I got from Frank so that she can sort of more directly communicate it so that she'll have that first-hand knowledge. Okay. Um, why don't you have me... Why don't you have Lucilia... Lucilia roll a charisma check and we'll just resolve her interactions with that. Are we doing drop one or 3d6? What are we doing? Uh, she's got charisma a check. charisma on yeah. her character sheet already. Yeah, let me pull that up. Lucilia... Character sheet... 12. That's not bad. It's 12. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna go sort of okay, but she's a foreigner and yeah. she's got some information, but it's not great. Um, okay. She'll at least get the information to the guy. She'll get yeah. an audience, but I, I think the reception is pretty muddled. That's fine. At least we're getting um, the word out. Yeah, is there anyone else or anything else you would like them to do while you're away? Uh, I mean, that's probably gonna be plenty of time. I don't think we're gonna be gone that long. It's probably gonna be like a day to get to the shore and then another day to deal with Misty Valley and then one day back. So I'm guessing like three days to do the dragon thing. Okay. So I think I think heading to Clyde Salem back should be plenty for them. I don't think we should say split for too long. Okay, perfect. All right, yeah, let's, uh, let's, just, let's just do it then. Alrighty. All right, so Frank and I are gonna solo travel along the coast like this get to here and then i guess we'll camp if it's late if it's like midday whatever but if it's late in the day by the time we get there then we'll camp and wait oh for yeah it's gonna be pretty late it's gonna be a long okay. journey all right you can make camp let me make some encounter checks for the hills mm-hmm. uh, i have frank carry some of the rope to keep me unencumbered nice. we'll carry his own 100 feet uh rock ridge <laughs> 28 uh, do you guys have horses with you right now? Or are you on uh, foot? Let's go on foot, because we're going to be leaving the horses alone for quite some time. Okay. Uh, we can force case, march it without any issue, though. Yeah, yeah. In that case, you will see griffins in the sky, but they're not coming after you because you don't have any horse meat. Oh, perfect. Good call, leaving the horses behind. Um, yeah. you, there's no encounters that night, and the next morning <laughs> you wake up on the edge of the coast to the sounds of crashing waves and little bits of sea mist blowing into you. It's a bright, sunshiny day. Yeah. All right, so I described to him how his water walking is gonna work. I tell me he has a limited amount of time, but it's not too short. We should be able, we're gonna go at a nice light jog getting to that, getting to that island. And the water walk should give him plenty of time. Um, Maybe I take a couple of minutes to teach him like the basics of swimming <laughs> so that if he misjudges <laughs> it a little bit and he like falls into the water, he can at least like paddle to shore, hopefully. Mm-hmm. 
So, like, it's not hard to learn the basics of swimming, right? I'll, I'll take a... Sure! It's not like people used to drown all the time. Or well, still like do drown the, all the time. At the, at the shore, in the shallows. I'm just gonna teach them how to float. Uh, let's see... The Fippian's feet do not touch the surface. Do, 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 yeah. Do. yeah, so he, as long as he doesn't, like... Fall in. Fall face first, he should be fine. Presumably, as long as he can get himself back to the surface, he could stand back up. As long as he can get his feet above the water, he can, like, pry himself back out of it. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, yeah, should be yeah. fine. Just don't, should. don't fall. Yeah. Um, All right. I and off water, you go. Yep, water breathing and free action on myself. Unfailing endurance on both of you? Yes. Because that right. lasts for, like, a week at a time. So... He'll hold one end of the rope, or, you know, yes. a coil of the rope. You'll hold another section of rope. Yeah, it's... I tell him to hold, um, like, the end of it, and then I'll coil it around myself so that I can I can deal with the slack, because that way, like, if the rope pulls on him too hard, he falls in. Whereas right. if it pulls on me too hard, it's whatever. I'm, I'm free action and able to breathe underwater. Okay. So it's better that he drops the rope than, like, falls into the water. Right, right. And and I set up a system. Meeting the dragon is three sharp tugs. Uh-huh. Um, let's make danger run back five five tugs is danger run back yes three tugs is dragon sighted yes okay hmm. all right off you guys go into the water uh, when I have water breathing on, am I able to cast spells? No. Okay. All right. You head out into the water. Let me get some, some watery soundtrack here. And where is Into the Deep? There we go. All right. Under the water, it is dim. 100 feet down, the light from the sun doesn't quite reach as well as it does on the surface. Mm-hmm. It's all sort of murky. Your feet sink into the silt down here. You pass large forests of kelp grass, uh, eel grass rising up from the ground. You see some kelp forests complete with seals and otters cruising about, all sorts of fish. The bottom of the floor is covered with starfish and crabs and urchins and all sorts of wonderful little creatures. Mm -hmm. As you pass out of one kelp forest, you see a pod of jellyfish floating above you by 30 or 40 feet, just rolling with the the currents here and there. I, Uh, uh, I make sure to maneuver the rope around them so that I don't disturb them. Yeah, the rope, you can move the rope around. Mm -hmm. Uh, up on top, the it seems like Frank is doing fine. The rope still goes up. It hasn't. He hasn't let go of it. And there have been, you know, maybe a few tugs, but that seems to coincide with like movements in the water yeah, with waves. That's why. That's why I said it for multiple tugs for for any sort of messaging. Thinking ahead, thinking ahead, um, and it's after. I don't know, you've been jogging underwater for maybe 15 or 20 minutes now. You must be getting kind of close mm-hmm. when looming before you in the water is a large shark. Okay. Um, that seems to have spotted you and is heading in your direction. 
Maybe All it's right. curious. Maybe it's hungry. Uh, the shark's intentions are unknown to anybody but it alone. Mm. Um, but it is coming in your direction. Do I need verbal for this? I might, in which case I'll have to... Uh... Yes, it does. Okay, so I'm going to set up with a uh, with a parry action here. Um, and, like, so I'm not making any threatening advances, but I'm just going to see what this shark does. Let it, like, move up to me, and then it's parrying, so I'll, like, dance out of the way and block anything that it tries to do with me. Block anything? Yeah, so, like, if it's just kind of swimming around and it's like, what's going on here? Then it sees, like, a person just jogging underwater. No big deal. You know, that happens all the time. <laughs> It's uh, all the time. Yeah, and then if it if it decides to attack, I'll have the parry action, and I can respond after that. Okay. I would say that you are indifferent to the shark, and the shark eight is indifferent to you. Uh, cool. It comes on over and kind of swims around you a few times, uh, swims away, comes back again. And it sort of follows you for the next 15 minutes as you jog across the seafloor. <laughs> but you leave it alone, and yep. it seems to have satisfied its curiosity and eventually leaves you alone as well. Yeah, if I if I could do verbal components, I was going to comment and then report it. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's fine. What, what can you do? Yeah. Look at this, players. You don't have to fight and kill everything that looks like it's a threat. It's a learning moment, a teachable it's like moment. The one good thing the parry action is for is taking a minute to be like, is this a friend or a foe? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> cool. You pass on by, and eventually you find yourself jogging uphill again. Okay, I haven't seen any sign of a of a mist dragon coiled up on the on the seabed. You have not. Okay. You've seen no such thing, and eventually you find yourself emerging onto a a lovely beach. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, at the top is, what's his face? Frank, he's actually a little bit behind you. Mm -hmm. uh, you've been making better progress down below than he has. And you pop out onto the shore right next to this wrecked ship. Um, and you can see Frank is maybe 80 or 90 feet behind you, coming mm -hmm. on in. Oh, how was the journey on your end? Oh my god. I walked on the water. There were waves and I had to I had to walk up the hill and then down the hill. Have you ever walked down a hill as the hill moves away from you or up a hill as the hill moves I, towards you? It's a it's the most bizarre experience. Yep, I, I have water walked a few times. It's it's interesting. The free action isn't isn't much better. You can't cast spells underwater unless you can do them silently, so it's a little bit uh humbling to be down there. Oh, I'm going to have to clean this armor tonight. Mm, he looks at it. It's all dripping with water. and <laughs> There's like seaweed hanging out of the, <laughs> kind of the neck. It's like a fish that's stuck in it somewhere. It pops out, <laughs> flops onto the shore. Uh, I mean, I'll look at this wreck really fast. What is there anything left of it besides just like the skeletal frame? No, it looks like it's probably been here for a decade or so. Okay, so like no crates or anything. Because I know mm -hmm. nobody sails in this area. Mm -mm. It's an old wreck. So, if my knowledge of mist dragons is correct, and it may very well not be, uh, we should hopefully encounter some kind of mist to forewarn of the the dragon's presence. I guess we just have to scout around the island a little bit. Okay. 
We should probably go a little bit slower here. Jogging underwater was fine, but maybe we don't want to startle a sleeping mist dragon. So, says Frank, we are looking for Hydroxis, the mist dragon, because we hope she has information about these happenings, these demons. Yes, and maybe advice as well. Dragons are very wise creatures. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. The island is four miles across, two and a half miles wide. It's mm-hmm. not quite a square. So if we say four, four, three, three, then it's a, a perimeter of 14, 15 miles, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could walk all the way around the island in a single day. Mm-hmm. Um, Hydroxis is probably not right on the shore. So I think we're going to cut through the middle a little bit and maybe mm-hmm. take like a diagonal route through like something like this do you want to go diagonal top Dag- oh wait you you did this journey so you're here yeah yeah so you probably want to do- diagonal here and then across like that then diagonal down here and if that doesn't work then we'll try along the shores if it still doesn't work then we'll probably camp out on the island and i'll go down into the sea and like go around in a circle tomorrow and see if i can find okay. hydrox sleeping under under the sea cool the inside of the island is mountainous uh, and filled with lush plants and, you know, uncut trees. This area probably hasn't been touched by another living human in, uh, oh God, decades, maybe centuries, maybe even a millennia. Mm-hmm. Um, when you reach the north side of the island, you find a single light blue dragon scale about yay big uh, washed up on the shore. I'm going to... Uh... I'll take the dragon scale and I'll hand it to uh, to Frank. I say, can you hold on to this for a little while? He nods, uh, um, flips and it over his hands and examines it. And I'll walk up a little bit away from where, like enough to so that it's not going to be washed away by the tide as the tide rises or mm-hmm. lowers. Um, and I'm going to mark an X somewhere so that I, I know this is where we found a dragon scale washed up. So it's a good starting point for going into the ocean tomorrow. Right. Okay. Uh, you walk across the, the top of the island as well. Mm-hmm. And you find another dragon scale um, Perfect. partway over here as well. Uh, this one's significantly smaller. Both of these scales are what do you want? How do you describe it? Um, worn? Like there's lots of little like scratch marks and mm-hmm. uh, like, chips on it. Yeah, it looks like scales that have been shed. Yeah. It looks like shedded scales, not like freshly killed dragon scales floating about. If we see any like small natural pools of water, uh, let mm-hmm. me know about that too. Oh, certainly. The this not all of the beach is sandy. Some of it is quite rocky with plenty of tide pools. And if you eventually you'll be here during low tide, and the tide pools that are inland from where the water is will be perfectly still. Okay, there might I be like a sea anemone cool... in them, but you could do it. Okay, yeah. I just I, I need like a small pool, uh, smaller than sixteen feet across. Yes, you can find it. The... Okay, yeah. Because mm-hmm. then tomorrow I could also try and scry on the dragon if I if we don't find her today. Yeah, there's going to be lots of these little pools all over the place. Perfect. Uh, you also cross quite a few creeks, freshwater creeks. Mm-hmm. And um, I think during your overland voyage, you even came across a bubbling spring on the middle of the island. Interesting. So there's plenty of fresh water to be found here. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, on right. your journey across the island... I think I have an encounter table for this, but there are natural creatures here. Where is a natural creature that you could run into? Um, hmm. Yes, uh, you... You spot 
moving through the trees, this large octopus-like creature on land, but it it seems to be moving by reaching its, you know, 20-foot tentacles out to a tree, like to two trees, and then dragging itself forward, and then, like, reaching to the next tree. But it has, like, eight arms, so it's constantly grabbing onto things with different arms and pulling itself across the surface of the land, uh, moving away from you when you run into it. Uh, would you say this is a natural creature? It looks to be natural. I mean, monstrous by real-world Monst- definitions, but... Yeah, that's, well, that's kind of the weird thing, is the D&D has different rules for, like, monstrous and non-monstrous creatures. Mm-hmm. But, but it's kind of hard to say, like, is a creature that's not in our world but kind of natural by that world standard? Is that a monster? Or I, like, I think this would be a natural creature. Okay. Yeah. Um, in that case... Octopodes are really intelligent and and generally nice creatures, so I'm going to attempt to walk up to this thing. I'm going to cast Calm Animals. Okay. Uh, soothes and quiets normal animals, which renders them docile and harmless. Only creatures with intelligence ratings of 1 to 4 um, can be affected by the spell. Um, I can calm up to 2d4 hit dice of animals. Uh, it's not like an offensive spell. It's just like it calms things around you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to attempt that. And then I'll kind of like walk into view of this thing and see what it does. Uh, so do you need to touch it to cast 60 it? 60 yards. 60 yards, perfect. So you cast it and it stops and it recoils its tentacles and turns around to face you. And it's got two big octopus eyes with a horizontal slit across them staring at you. The eyes are sort of like a golden color speckled with little dark spots throughout. I think it's fine, Frank, but maybe stay on guard in case things turn hectic here in a moment. And I'll kind of like slowly walk up to it, just kind of like hands in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I'll, I'll get close and see what it does. It reaches out a single tentacle in your direction. Okay. Um, I'll wait for a second and see what it does with that tentacle. It comes up and like rests against your body. It's got to be about 15 feet away now because its tentacles okay. are only that long. And it's sort of like strokes your from your chest or your, your shoulder down your chest to your other hip and then down your leg and then sort of like goes up the other as if it's okay. like feeling you out yeah um while it's doing that then i'm going to see if i can cast rapport on it okay. um, i'm not actually sure if this works on animals but i assume it does let's find out with another willing subject, share deeper thoughts than telepathy. The participants can quickly share. The reason I'm doing rapport is because I figure it cannot do speech, mm-hmm. um, but I can share images. Okay. It just says creatures, as long as it's uh, willing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it's willing or unwilling because it's too stupid to know what's happening to it. Maybe not. Right. It's a smart creature. I'll just give it a saving throw to see if it resists. It doesn't resist. Okay. Um, yeah, and you can rapport with the octopus. Okay. Um, and I, I kind of flash a mental image toward it of like a, a serpentine creature shrouded in mist uh, with light blue scales. And I, I kind of try and put like a quizzical sensation to that image. Hmm. Uh, it will... It physically turns to the south and you mm-hmm. get like a mental image of the octopus on the southern shore um, like going underwater by pulling onto to rocks down there and seeing this large serpent-like creature um, on the, the south side 
like crawling along the the sea floor, headed southward. Okay. So we're gonna want to head around here. I'm gonna circle that on the map. This is kind of a good area to start. Uh, all right, I I offer thanks. However, that works with like mental concepts and images without verbal speech. Yes, uh, I think. But there's like I guess a feeling and appreciation. of appreciation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then we we go our separate ways. Mm-hmm. Perfect. All right. Um, and then I, I guess I just tell Frank it, it's probably somewhere to the south. Seems like it nests to the south of the island. Doesn't live here directly. But I guess we should finish checking the island just in case. All right. You guys can search the island for the rest of the day. You come across a few more sections of scales, mm-hmm. um, as well as a single naked. Um, hairy bearded man who it was just hanging out eating something and then you guys sort of walk into view and he stops and stares at you and you stare at him and he puts his arms in the air and goes my god people you're here to rescue me oh thank the gods I, I'd long ago given up oh and he runs over to you and gives you the biggest hug you've ever had <laughs> Oh, my um, God. By the gods, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't thank you enough. Well, I, I, it's not why I came here, but I can send you back. Um, what what are you doing here? I... I, 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 I washed ashore. My ship sank. I landed on the coast, and... I, and huh. I've been here ever since. It's been... Oh, five, five years? Six years? I lost track a long time ago. The winters are, are so pleasant and the summers are so calm and ca- it's practically paradise, except there's no people. Excuse my nakedness, my clothes long ago rotted away. No, no, I, I understand that. Uh, yeah, no, this is a very peaceful island. It's, it's very, very tranquil here. Uh, How did you know I was here? I, I didn't. I'm, I'm here in search of the dragon. Have you, have you ever seen Hydroxus? Oh, of course. Quite often. Do you, do you know where she, where she tends to, uh, tends to stay i i need to i need to contact her he blinks a few times in <laughs> in surprise um you want to go find the the dragon and yes. talk to the dragon you're not here for me no i can send you back though i have oh some, thank god yeah i have some potent magics for that oh would you, are you, are you, uh, sly afoot? Do you think you can make it back to town yourself, or would you rather wait and travel with us? Travel with you? I could, haven't been able to get off this island ever before. I don't okay. know how I would get off now. Well, I, uh, getting you back to shore is not the problem. I was more wondering about traveling along the shore. Mm-hmm. Hey, let me, let me take you to where you'll go, and I'll just not leave your side until, until we can all leave. God, That's I do miss the mainland. You don't happen to have any any wine with you, do you? I can make some. Oh, well, tomorrow morning. My god, I haven't had wine in years. <laughs> sure, well, we'll have some wine for breakfast in the morning. I think I'm going to have to wait till tomorrow. Do you know where Hydroxis normally stays? Is it under the water? Uh, certainly not on land. I've been here for five years, and I haven't seen any dragons on land whatsoever. Uh, but but I do see her occasionally on the, uh, in the waves or on the coast. She's, right. she's never said anything or approached me. Okay. 
Uh, I'm going to go search for her in the morning, I suppose. It might be a couple of days before we can get you back, but, well, we're not going anywhere. I'm, what's a couple of days when you've been here five years? <laughs> yeah, this is a this is quite the unexpected encounter. All right, so he will take you to the south side of the island. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then I need to wait till tomorrow because I don't have another free action. Yeah, and I think by now you guys like ran across the yeah, ocean, hiked the across the land. It's been a long day. So the three of you bed down to, to rest. It's fairly peaceful and everything. He tells you maybe not sleep on the beach. Occasionally yeah, let's, weird let's fishmen come out of the water to hunt along the shore. And yep. occasionally giant crabs come out of the water. Ooh, um, giant crab. It's been a long time since I've seen a giant crab. Yes, well, they're, they're not particularly nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, you can outrun them. Excellent. How fast are they underwater? Assuming I was the same speed on land as I am in water, don't worry about that. Would I still be able to outrun said crabs? I, I don't know. I've never seen them run underwater. I, I see crabs and I flee. Much like I did back when I lived in Hillsborough. Different sort of profession back then. What were you? Uh, I was a purveyor of the flesh. Ah. I, uh, I see. Yes, uh, interesting that I, I should live in this state now after having done what I did for so long. How did you wind up on this island? I assumed you, I assumed you were a sailor. No, 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 no. I was uh, importing some fine deliciouses from far away when our, our ship sunk and I woke up here on the beach. Oh. Interesting. Well, Hydroxus is just a... I guess I'm simply confirming rumors from around Hillsborough here, but Hydroxus has been known to save sailors, not necessarily an evil creature outright, correct? I Bit of a suppose. tempestuous and unpredictable one. I, I suppose. I, I really wouldn't know. <sighs> well, <laughs> nothing to be done about it. I'll have to find out in the morning, All and right. we'll uh, we'll go make camp. All right, you make camp. The night passes peacefully and easily. Nothing mm-hmm. happens. In the morning, uh, you guys are on the shore. Yep. I refresh my spells. I'll take water to wine and uh, create some wine for breakfast. And as 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 a uh, a seventh level plus cleric, I can pair the wine to the specific meal. <laughs> so I pick a very appropriate wine for, for the, the food that he gathers around the island for us. Fantastic. Uh, he will gather you various <laughs> fruits and sea urchins and mussels. And I'm not sure what pairs with mussels and sea urchins. Um, <laughs> Whatever it is, I do it. <laughs> you do it. You get the right wine for the occasion. <laughs> it's one of my favorite custom spells. Um, and, and here you guys are on the south side, right next to a little creek that comes out of the out of the island. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, that's an awkward. All right. Uh, yeah. I'll take two of these that we can go back today if need be. Actually, no, I'll keep it in case I do manage to contact the dragon. If I can show things directly, that's ideal. All right. Um, I cast oh, it's water. It's definitely bridge. champagne. Champagne and seafood. That's what it uh, is. Okay. That's, that's a type good. of wine. Yeah. Yeah, close enough. Excellent. 
You don't have any orange juice with you, do you? God, I could kill for a mimosa right now. <laughs> no, that's a bit that's a bit out of my purview, unfortunately. Ah, uh, where's a god of Jexel when you need him? Summon mimosa is one of their early spells that they've got. Ah, <laughs> uh, that sounds <laughs> that's, that sounds very appropriate. <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, I cast water breathing on myself and then I cast free action on myself and I'm going to head under the waves again and just uh, this time sort of wander around underneath the seabed. All right. Or on the seabed. Let's roll for encounters. Oh, easy, peaceful day. No violent encounters. Uh, You run into the same sort of creatures that lurk here. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the starfish, the... The what should we call them? The regular fish, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the sea anemones. You know, none, none, none of the irregular mean fish. Right, right. Just the, the regular <laughs> fish. Do I um, do I see any like clouds of mist under the sea that would that would indicate a mist dragon? Or I guess the big thing is like I'm looking for a giant coiled serpent under the waves. You see none of these things, but the this creek right here that you came out of does mm-hmm. sort of have like a, a ravine under the water that it follows. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're walking alongside this ravine when all of a sudden after maybe uh, a half mile or so, the ravine plunges deeply. And you remember from your world map that this is all a fairly shallow area. And all of a sudden you're getting this like pit that just drops down into the, mm-hmm. the dark and the abyss below. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'm gonna grab out a knife. Yeah, I'm gonna grab my knife and I'm gonna look for a rock. Like just a nice, not not like a super solid one, doesn't need to be solid. Just like something large enough that I could carve the word high onto it. You find a large rock uh, and you take a while to pry it out from the, the floor underneath you. And you can carve into it. Um, Hi. Yeah, and then on the backside, I'll try and uh, carve in talk with a question mark. (laughs) And then I'll just kind of like throw it as far as it'll go and watch it sink into this pit. All right. Uh, The moment it leaves your hand, it starts to encounter water resistance, but it's still (laughs) over the pit. And it sinks into the darkness and vanishes. Mm Mm-hmm. How long do you wait? Uh, how long did it take me to get to this this pit? Half an hour. Okay, I'll give it like another f- five minutes and then I'm gonna start treading back. Maybe okay. 10 minutes. Yeah, 10 minutes pass and there's no no sign or anything. Okay, I'm gonna have to get something with the light on it. And then I, I start to trudge back to shore before my free action wears off. Okay. And um, I guess I'll have to do, oh, I can do a nap and that'll, that'll make it much faster. Perfect. Yep. Um, all right. So I, I find another suitable rock for me to, um, <laughs> to write a, to carve a quick message onto. And I, mm-hmm. I bring it out with me. Let me see what I can do light wise. Cause I don't get the fancy light spells like wizards do. Uh, Frank as out there. He's, Did you find it? Did you find her? I think I found where she stays, but I need to, uh, can you, can you make lights, Frank? Yes. Like, how long can you make them last? Um, he checks 
his <laughs> spell book. I don't know if he has continual light or not. That's a second level, so he's high enough level for it. Oops. What could I use for that? Let's see. I can do one hour. I can ca create a, an object which will glow with a cold white light for three hours. That would do. I th I'll, I'll need to uh, to rest up really fast. I need to be able to create another free action. Of course, it can be as um, dim as a firefly or as bright as a lantern. Let's go with the bright one. Uh, I'm going to need to uh, to get some attention. I, I think it's I think it's nested in a pit, and I, I can't climb down into the pit and then get back up, right? So I need to uh, throw a message down there. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't. My my only light spell that I see extinguishes when totally submerged. So yeah, I need his light. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna go. I'll go inland back to our camp, and I'm gonna take a quick nap. You um, nap spell it up. Yep. Um. Wake right. up and re-memorize my spells. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll meet back up with Frank and ask him to do the uh, the light. He will create a light on a, something that you give him? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, maybe I should do two things, like one with the rock and then the light on the other thing. So I'll find, like, another rock, maybe a little bit bigger so that it's a larger beacon. And I'll have okay. him cast a light on that. And then I carve high again and talk with a question mark onto this, this stone that I found in the seabed. And I'll, uh, I'll take both with me into the water this time after casting free action again. Okay, so high is carved into the rock that has the light on it, right? Um, like front side of it is high, back side is talk with the question mark. Right, okay. And then there's another stone with nothing carved on it that is a light. Right. Do, ooh, we have some rope. I'll cut off like a small section of rope and tie them together. Okay. So it's two light spells or one light spell? One light spell. Okay. I, I don't, I, I'm worried you Got won't it. be able to read the, the carving if it's lit. Got it. Like if you put light on it, it might be, it might be impossible to read it. Mm -hmm. So I, I tie them together with a rope and I've got one lit up, one a normal rock with a message on it. And I'll take them underwater with me. Perfect. Um, I'll cover up the light while I'm, uh, while I'm walking and then I won't uncover it until I get to the ridge because I don't want to attract attention early. Right. All right. You head back into the water, back into the deep. All right. You uh, once again arrive at the pit by following this canal. Mm -hmm. I uncover my light um, and I, I like throw it in again. This time there's like a light sinking down into the pit. Mm -hmm. Does that illuminate it at all for me? It does. You can lean over the edge of the abyss and stare into it and the light floats down uh, the two rocks attached to each other eventually settling some 150 feet down below uh, it looks like it's just a maybe a 40 foot wide shaft that goes straight down there's a little bit of grasses on the sides and uh, and the rocks just land there do I see anything at the bottom just the light um, what do we have down there? I said, probably that's all you can see, you know, because the light is as bright as a lantern, but there's a lot of water between you and it. So you can just sort of see like this glowing thing at the mm -hmm. base. It's 
it is the rock is further from you than you are from the surface, right? Because it's 150 feet deep, and you're only 100 feet from the surface. So okay. Um. Hmm. Seems like Hydroxis might be moving around. I guess I'll wander around a little bit more then, and see if I can like come into contact with like because Hydroxis probably like moves around and isn't always um. Yeah, because I like we know that the dragon moves around and occasionally moves across the sea, so might not be in her lair right now. So I'll, I'll wander around and see if I can see her on the move. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you wander around for a little while uh, until you come across what look to be three giant crabs all munching on some sort of large dead sea creature that has like floated to the bottom. Well, I'm gonna give them a nice wide berth and not go anywhere near them. They stop their munching to stare at you, Mm. um, but do not engage you. Perfect. Okay. Uh, and you move around them and keep wandering the the ocean floor for a little while. Yep. Finding, unfortunately, nothing but okay. more sea floor and sea monsters. All right, I head back up. A little All bit right. frustrated at this point, but I did get the message in there, and I'm pretty confident that's the lair. It's it an seems interesting pretty... spot, definitely. Yeah. Something is probably living down there. Hopefully it's Hydroxis. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you surface again? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I come out and say, this is getting rather annoying. Um, hmm. You know, tomorrow we have those scales from Hydroxis. I could try scrying on her. Frank th- thinks it's a good idea. Yeah, uh, so I guess we'll wait around here for, for another day. Okay. You kill another day. And... Uh... You're going to reflecting pool that next day, right? Yeah, and I think I can only make. Let me. So the crystal ball says I can do it one time a day. Is that one success or one attempt? I think that's one success per day. Okay, I'll take two then, because I have a part of Hydroxis in possession, so that's a 50 50 chance. I'll take reflecting pool twice in case okay. it uh, fails the first time. And it doesn't fail the first time. Perfect. You pass with flying colors. And through the reflection, you see a dragon uh, curled up in like a little ball, sleeping in an underwater cove, resting on rock with, um, looks to be some starfish crawling over it. Okay. Um, Let me see what the limitations for the scrying are. I want to see if I can like move the site around a little bit, see if I can ascertain where it is. What is the range on rapport? Oh, I can't do it today anyways. I have to scry again tomorrow. It does have a range. So it says that you can telepathy through the uh, through the crystal ball. Can you rapport through it? Um, hmm. You can telepathy through it? Yeah. 
I think if you can telepathy, you can probably rapport, because telepathy is just the wizard version of rapport, right? Or let me double check really fast. I know it can be like a power of the crystal ball, but I believe you can, you have to like, the sensations you get are limited, but you can cast additional spells. Certain spells cast upon the user of a crystal ball can improve his chances of using the division uh, the device successfully. Hmm. Two spells, detect magic and detect good and evil, can be cast through the crystal ball. Uh, there's the additional power. Was what Some I was going Some additional powers, yeah. But I think that those are specifically imbued imbued yeah. crystal balls. And uh, as an intelligent creature, though, it does have a chance of noticing that it's being scryed on. Mm-hmm. Um, arithmetically ascending, assuming it's like 18 intelligence, it's like 20% per round, I think. Uh, the following spells can be cast through Reflecting Pool with 5% chance per level, detect magic, detect snares and pits, and detect poison. So those are the only spells that can be cast through it. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're almost certainly going to notice that they're being scryed on. I'm checking right now, and it's it's like, it's very high. So if I leave it for a couple of minutes, I'll notice them like look up. Uh, yeah, but she's asleep right now, it looks like. Does that affect it? Hmm. I don't know if she would. Would yeah, a dragon being scryed Because it's like it's magical, right? So it's like a different sensation than normal perception. Right. But do you need to be awake to, to apply it? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> There's probably like a tickling at the back of her mind that, you know, like when you're sleeping and somebody walks into your room and you sort of like, even if they're quiet, mm -hmm. like how do you, when you're asleep, you're still sort of conscious and processing information. And if somebody familiar to you walks into your room, you don't really wake up. But when right. someone else walks in, you can like tell by the footsteps and everything. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing that she would probably like start to rouse from being okay. scryed upon and, and look up and meet your gaze after a few minutes. And then before she dispel magics, uh, can I, am I able to like pivot the view around? Like pivot the, like not move it, but like pivot the perspective, like rotate it? Perhaps, uh, maybe, maybe somewhat, maybe like that there's like a slight cone that you can get like yeah. a slightly better area. Okay, so I'm gonna see if, I'll, I'll try and quickly get like a view and see if I can ascertain like a rough idea of where that might be. So if I go underwater tomorrow, I can figure it out. And then once I'm done getting a quick glimpse of it, I'm just gonna spin around in a circle so that <laughs> it's very clear that I know that I know I'm being, that they're being watched. Sure. Uh, <laughs> we have, hold on. Uh, 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 where is my... <laughs> Can I flash it in Morse code? <laughs> flash the, the rapport in Morse code? Or the, um, no, the, re the reflecting, reflecting pool? Make the, yeah, make the vision cone blink. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be great. What is the actual chance of be of detecting, of noticing? How smart is the dragon? Because if it's 18 intelligence, it's base 20%. Mm. And then they gain extra 1% per level of experience or hit die. Um, okay. So basically, if it's smart and because it's high level, it's I'm guessing like around 30% per round. It's by round as well. So you check every single round and there's 30 of those. Okay. 
in here. Okay. So the dragon looks up at you and then closes her eyes. Uh, mm-hmm. Not like she's going back to sleep, but like closes her eyes for a moment <laughs> and then opens them again. And you know how like certain creatures have two eyelids, right? They've got the over yeah. one and the under one. And you can see that the lower eyelid is still over the eyes, even though the above eyelid is open. Okay, I'm gonna start spinning the view around in circles as like a recognition that it's been that it's been spotted. Sure, and that's when <laughs> you feel the sensation of something watching you. Perfect, and I uh, I like look around. Uh, I didn't uh, take detect magic. Definitely coming from above you. There's yeah. something in the air above you, staring yeah. down at you. And I like I wave at it, kind of like this, and I uh, I kind of like point up, and just kind of wave again and then make like a beckoning motion. And I go, can you hear me? <laughs> um, and that's when your reflecting pool cancels yep. and vanishes. And there's still something watching you. Yep. I, uh, I turn to, to Frank and say, well, she spotted us. She's scrying on us right now. I don't know if you can feel that. Frank shakes his head. Thank Oh, yeah. Are we on sand right now? You are. Uh, I'm going to grab a stick and carve into it. Hi. Talk? Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's see if the dragon wants to talk to you. Uh, Where is my... You are definitely friendly. What does your reaction adjust from... Plus six. Ooh, really? Yeah. That's fantastic. Yep. Okay. Eventually, the feeling of being watched vanishes. Uh, And a few minutes later, the sea in front of you begins to bubble, and all of a sudden, a series of sharp fins appear on the surface, kind of in a a writhing motion, like a a serpent Mm -hmm. coming in your direction. Why don't Uh, we take our last break right here? We'll come back on the other side with a little bit more Hardcore Heroes. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Hardcore Heroes. Nixium comes out of the water for you. All right. Um, I walk forward ahead of the group and make make a low bow and say, it's an honor to meet you, Hydroxys. Tell me, are there honorifics that dragons prefer? I would call a... A, a ruler in my land's a lady, but I don't know if such a uh, such a title means anything to you. It's a great fucking question. I have no idea. <laughs> I I I need to reference. What honorific do you use for dragons? I have no idea. <laughs> DMs aren't supposed to admit that sort of shit, but like. There is no honorific for my kind among your people. I see. Will Hydroxus do then? It shall. Very well. My name is Van Helsing. I've come to you with questions. I was hoping you could answer them and possibly offer some advice. I apologize for scrying on you. I know it's rather rude, but I was having trouble finding you myself. She After stretches. A couple of... oh, right. oh, after a couple of days of wandering the seabed, I was starting to get frustrated. 
She stretches out her wings and, you know, gets used to being awake again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. It's time I woke up anyway. Mm. How, how long have you been sleeping? What year is it? I, as a player, I have no idea, but I know Van Helsing uh, would. 1511, and she's like, oh. It must have been four or five years by now. Mm. Uh, That's unfortunate. Very few people come to see me. I don't typically grant audiences or meet with your kind, but it's so unusual to have someone prying into my home. I I apologize for the disturbance. I was, uh... I, I take it then you know nothing of the the flesh that's been growing around Heatstroke back on the back on the mainland. Flesh. A thing of great evil, overwhelming evil that's been growing out of the town, covering the countryside. I fear it may threaten the world before long. Has put you up to this? No. Who? Do you speak of Sky? Oh, right, right. Human to- Sky, I believe, is what you call him. Unfortunately, I have reason to believe that Sky has died, fallen to this this mass. I could show you the scry in myself, though there's a chance it won't work. She gets her head like really low and close to you until she, her nose is like a foot away from your chest and examines the intricate designs on your armor and looks you over from one side and the other, looks to your companion standing behind you. Uh, the naked man is sort of scared. Uh, mm-hmm. Frank is just awestruck. Mm-hmm. Um, I know time is much... You're you're a much more patient kind than my people are. If you're willing to wait till tomorrow, I could share with you what I've learned directly through mental contact, but I can't I, do so today. I believe a cleric when I see one. I was you're not to ask. a false... Cl- no, you wouldn't be able to contact me if you were. And no wizard would dare wear armor like that. I, I am a cleric of cheese. Yes, I see. I see. Did you know Sky? I did. I do? He may be alive. The scrying worked, which suggests that he may perhaps yet live, but if so, he's been entrapped. She closes her eyes and clearly is off somewhere else in her head for a little while mm-hmm. um, and then lets out a, an extremely loud roar that deafens everyone for a, a minute or two mm-hmm. uh, when you're, the ringing ends in your ears she, it seems that she's been talking to you for a little while and you come into the conversation at the point of and then perhaps we can sort out the nature of this, but how did you get to my island? I see no ships. I walked under the water. My companion walked atop it. (sighs) She shakes her head. There's a reason why your kind do not have gills. The seafloor is not a place for you. The creatures down there were quite kind to me, even the sharks. (laughs) Hmm. Well, 
I appreciate your warning. I suppose you're here to ascertain my assistance in this matter. Any advice? And yes, if you're willing to offer your assistance to this cause, I would not turn it down. I'm at a loss for what to do about it myself. Hmm. Hmm. Great reaching flesh. Sky yes. gone. Dead, it seems. Consumed is more accurate. If you could rip it apart, it may be possible to save him, though I can't offer any promise there. I believe this is a colony. Your people would call it a demon colony. In which case, Sky is already part of it now. That's what I feared. I, we, uh, we came into contact with that, that fleshy mass, and I have a, a, a riddle, perhaps? Every word of it is true, though I don't understand its full meaning, and I'll, I'll recite the poem of, uh, the ravenous cannibal born in the land where dragons cannot fly, this person's heart was fickle and more, yearning for what they most deplore, the colony ever grows, feeding on hands and toes, it commands and devours, but beware its magical powers. Yeah. She nods and goes, yes, yes, well... I guess it's time to go home then. Good luck, creatures. It appears your world is not long for the world. You'll probably go the way of the previous worlds. What can you tell me about that world before you leave? Dead, gone, abandoned, filled with the worst monstrosities your mind can imagine hideous creatures that feast upon themselves and their kin and eat them and become them and absorb them and rip them apart and do it all over again in a desperate cry for need and want and attention. If the gods created such a hellscape, why did they not destroy it when they realized their mistake? Dragon shrugs with its wings. I have... I cannot really imagine the minds of the gods. Strange creatures that they are. I see. Well, Can you tell me anything about the the thing itself? I, I understand you wish to go home, and I, uh, as much as I, as much as I will miss your aid, I, I obviously cannot stop you. But any any information you can offer before you leave may may be a valuable help. Do you have the means to sail? East? I will. Well, take a ship and leave. It'll take your short-lived enough that you should probably be able to live out the rest of your existence before the colony spreads over the whole of Arcadia. Uh, I think I'll take the portal in the west back to the homeland. There's a portal? What is your homeland like? I've, I've heard precious little about it. A perfect world of skies and seas and cloud castles that you can rest upon. Bountiful existence, life everywhere, small things to feast upon, the most delicious delicacies. Uh, I don't know what the flavor, the flavor is indescribable, but think buttered chicken or or tikka masala growing on trees that you could just pluck at will. Samosas everywhere. 
I, uh, I see. It's There's a portal there. Paradise. Uh, In the west? <laughs> Far beyond the reach of people like you, accessible only to those of my kind. I see. Unfortunately, or for you, but fortunately for me. Tell me. Mm-hmm. I have a thought. Do you know much about what this mass is? This this specific thing? Is it is it a hive mind? Uh, let's see. It, the dragon strokes its like little uh, tenderly things that comes off of its chin. Should just get a picture of Hydroxus for you here. Uh, ooh, she's got wings. This is more of like a Chinese style dragon. She's more of like a, a winged dragon, but it's still a similar. Right. Yeah. She's got the the whiskery mustaches. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> How familiar are you with the concept of life and how a soul is constructed? Uh, I mean, I know that everything goes... I'm speaking as a player here. Mm-hmm. How much do I know, like, things go back to Martha. Martha is like a big mixing pot where souls are, like, brought together and then rebuilt into something new again, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the ballpark-ish. Okay. Um, uh, I'll relate that and say, am I missing a piece to that puzzle? Oh, many pieces, but for our purposes today, um, souls are divisible. Yours is human-sized. Um, a dwarf's is a little bit larger than yours. A, a goblin's is quite a bit smaller. And there is a... Uh, it's too complicated. The souls can be combined or ripped apart, and one soul can be divided into two, and then another soul divided into two, and those two join together. So each one is one half of a previous creature. So souls are divisible and joinable, and these creatures grow and exist by consuming and joining souls together. This fleshy colony is a mass of a thousand million souls or so of not a thousand million souls of your size but of their size and they were rather diminutive correct the small ones are diminutive the large ones stretch the colonies stretch miles in all directions sometimes tens or even hundreds of miles in all directions Uh, They consume anything, and whatever they consume becomes a part of them. So they're like a hive, and like a hive mind, but not quite, since it's still one creature, but it just adds parts to itself. As if I were to eat you and have a little bit of you in me, mentally, physically, and spiritually. I see. That makes sense. So every time it eats something... It grows larger and more powerful, and this colony seems to have eaten Sky somehow, which has hmm. made it quite strong. I have a uh, a thought on that. As a as some kind of like hive mind, would it not have a center? Is there not a, a point of failure that we could strike to destroy it? Quite probably. The, the flesh that stretches out is thin, the center of it is probably quite large. So if I were to 
supposedly and purely hypothetically drop a meteor onto Heatstroke, we could destroy it. Hypothetically, in actuality, you would need to make sure to hit the right spot with the right force and yada, 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 yada. I don't think it would be as easy as just dropping something like that, but hmm. theoretically, the concept works. You know I can think of no. I can think of no other solution than bombarding Heatstroke somehow. Leave. Leave the island to the demon and go east to Solemn. Take up I, your lives there. I have a debt I have to repay here, unfortunately. Mm. Well then, time is of the essence. The longer you wait, the stronger it grows. And the uh, more difficult it will be to kill. Thank you for your advice. Is there anything else that you know that might be prudent or... Shall we end this meeting on a high note? Don't eat pufferfish. They look delicious and taste delicious, but they're poisonous and their toxins are frustrating even to me. Oh? You might uh, be interested to know you can actually eat pufferfish if you prepare them properly. You just can't eat them whole. I could show she you myself. She gives you the look of me. like, do you see how big I am? Do you think <laughs> I can like climb, like dig out that clan? They're I could best avoided. Some... Even the best prepared pufferfish sometimes still fails, and people die. Just fair stay enough, away from enough. them. Understandable. Thank you for the advice. It was an honor to meet you. I'm sure it was. Well. I must collect my things before I leave. And uh, Tell me, she... if you are traveling to the west, would you be able to ferry me a ways? I know it's a bit of a impudent request, but I need to move fast. You said where, yourself. Where do you need to go? To Drekus. It's a bit out of your way. It's a bit to the southwest. Right, right. The wooded way. place. Yes. Not Silvis, but the one south of that. Yes, the place near the cold. Yes. Near the cursed lands. I hear that... I hear things have... There was an expedition sent there, though I don't know what became of it. Oh, probably all dead like the others before then. Sounds likely. Other... Right, right. No, you you're on your own. Goodbye, well. small creatures. Farewell. And, uh... Hydroxis plunges into the sea and vanishes. All right. I turn back to uh, to the the naked man. And say, I suppose you might be one on. You might want to be on a ship to Solomon in the near future. Ah. Uh, so you're telling me, says the naked man, that in the time I've been abandoned on this island, creatures from another plane of existence have come here. And they're going to take over the world. And we're so screwed that the ancient dragons are leaving this plane of existence rather than deal with these creatures. Sounds about right. Shakes his head. If I have assets still in holding, then I'll go as far as east as east goes. 
It's a good idea, though hopefully we can stop it. It's... <laughs> we'll have to see what happens. Can you, can you stop something that a dragon couldn't or wouldn't? I, I look to make sure the dragon is well and truly gone and say, dragons can be lazy creatures. Do you think it wouldn't or merely that it's not interested? The naked man nods his head in agreement. Yeah, all, all right. Well, I'm still heading east with everyone I can take with me. That's a good idea. It's a shame to lose the men, though. It's going to be interesting. We have to... We have to unite this land. I think it's our only hope. I can't... I, you've been gone a long time. I suppose you should probably know most of the kingdoms have fractured. What Aridon do you mean? is Aridon has been split into five kingdoms, I believe. Oh, my God. What a time to be gone. Yes, though you're from Hillsborough, right? It's its its own kingdom. Seems to be doing better than most of the places on this continent. Is, um, Lord Wily Deephill still in charge? Was that the name of the, the guy? Yeah, yeah, he's still around. Good. Good, good. He owes me a debt or two. There was this fine dwarven young lady that I acquired for him once upon a time. Maybe he'll charter you a ship. Perhaps, perhaps. Anyways, let Shall me, we, let me um... rest one more night. I have to rest one more night to get my spells. But after that, yes, we can, uh, we can, we can travel back. All right. You'll, you guys... you'll, you'll have to learn how to walk on water, but it's not too difficult. Frank can show you. He gives you both the, like, what the fuck are you talking about look. <laughs> and uh, Frank nods, like, oh, don't worry, I'll, I'll take care of it. All right, and you can grab some more sleep. Yep. The dragon is long gone by now. Mm -hmm. And um, the next day, I don't think there's going to be any encounters. This is a pretty peaceful island. I think you're woken in the middle of the night by giant crabs coming onto shore, but you can outrun them, so okay. we'll not even bother dealing with it. Um, Sounds good. And the next day, you can head back to Hillsborough. All right, yeah, I just do water walking across the board this time. So three of us water walking across the surface. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, I'm going to unfailing endurance the guy just to make sure he doesn't lag behind. Okay, and are you going to do the same uh, walk here and then come down? Or are you going to, like, just water walk straight to Hillsborough? Uh, that's too far, because it's only about an... The breathing is, like, eight hours, but the walk is, like, a little over an hour. Oh, okay. So it's just... So we go to the shore here. and then along the hills, yeah. Okay, cool. It'll take you the rest of the day to get to Hillsborough. Okay. Um, but eventually you will arrive. And uh, what are you going to do when you get here? Your your knights have returned from their journey to Clydesdale and are waiting for you at the tavern. Uh, I tell them that we've learned a great deal about the nature of this threat and that we need to return to Drekus. There's a couple of clerics I need to speak to. Um, and actually, before we leave, what is the, what's the cleric again? The one that I, that I spoke to... Mother Indrekis. Mira of oh Indrekis. Yeah, the ones of uh, like the soul god. Right, the one of I'm Falumbra. trying to remember the god Falumbra. Um, I'm gonna ask around and see if there are any Falumbra clerics in town. Let's see. Uh, in town, we've got Astaire, Astaire, Sayer, and Jexel. Okay. In Redport, there is whoops, Redport. Um, let's see, where are our... 
Redport has... No, those are temples. Where's our priest list? Hmm. Damn it. Where's my list of priests? Clergy in Redport. They have Rossi, Quintarius, Astaire, Martha, Tempos, Malchus. Nope. What about Clydesdale? Clydesdale's better than Redport anyways. I'd rather not go back to Redport. Yeah. Uh, Nadinus, Martha, Bellum. Yes, Mother Caroline, cleric of Falumbra in Clydesdale. Right. Um, I'm going to say that we need to head to Clydesdale, and then we'll probably catch a ship out of Rockwave then. Okay. And head back to Drekus. Uh, because we we need to get back, and I will see if I can call Malachi, and we'll move as fast as we can. Okay. So, uh, that was, what, five days on the island? I wasn't really keeping track, but it seemed like... Oh, no, you, one of those days was a nap. Let's say, like, a week or something. Yeah. Let's let's assume we took our time with it. We can just, sure. we can just hand wave a week. Sure, sure. All right, a week goes by there. Then you can head back to Redport. That's another day. You head to Clydesdale, which is a fifty miles. So that's two days to get to Clydesdale. Um, and in Clydesdale, you can find Mother Caroline, mm -hmm. priestess of Falumbra. Uh, I walk in and say, "Greetings, Mother Caroline. I have an urgent matter I would speak of with you." Many blessings, Father Van Helsing, cleric of Cheese. You are known to me and to others. I hope that's good news that you know of me. Uh, more of curiosity. You seem to be the only cleric of cheese anyone has ever met. Really? I didn't think we were so uncommon. At least in this part of the world. Perhaps in areas more fair, your kind are more frequent, but here in the deserts and wastelands, uh, your kind are rare. I see. Well, I hope yours aren't, because I... I think we're going to have great need of you before long. Tell me, what do you know personally of that, that flesh that's been growing from Heatstroke? Very little. I've only heard the vaguest of rumors. I had not even known if it's, if its truth had been ascertained. It's very true. And I've recently spoken to the dragon Hydroxis and she confirmed some of the worst concerns I had toward it. If left unchecked, it will probably consume the entirety of Arcadia, and not long after that, the rest of the world. Hmm. The... Perhaps it'd be easier if I showed you. May I use a spell here? She nods. And I'll, uh, I'll cast rapport on her and um, share the dragon's words about it being this collection of souls and how they consume and divide souls and are trying to bring everything into this big hive mind. She nods along with the rapport as it comes through and then snaps at him and goes, that, that seems to be mo quite uh, brief, but accurate. That's what these things are traveling across the land, consuming all souls that they encounter. Any who die to those demons will never make it to the gods. They'll be entrapped by those, those things, those abominations. A fate worse than death. Yes. I, I started this journey because of friends of mine who had fallen to these creatures, and I thought to, to save them from it, but I think it's gotten bigger than that. I... There's, there are more clerics like you back in, in Drekus. I was hoping that they would be able to help in ripping souls out of this, this hive, being able to force them back to the heavens. If there's any clerics, I'd be able to expect to, to find the nature of souls deeply enough and keenly enough to be able to accomplish such a feat. It's clerics of Falumbra. Hmm, yes. Yes. 
Interesting. How shall we deal with this? Well, we'll have to deal with one step at a time, but as a grand plan, we're going to have to unite these lands, I think. We'll need soldiers. If this thing consumes the souls of those they kill, wouldn't sending lots of not, soldiers not just army. feed it? Not an army. Then if what? we can muster enough clerics of Lumbra, do you think you could rip the souls apart? Even destroying them completely would likely be a better fate than than whatever fate they're facing here. Souls can be divided into sub into smaller and smaller pieces, but I know of no way to destroy them. They Could are you... a part of the goddess herself. Falumbra is technically all of us. Could you forcibly funnel them back to the heavens? I know these are difficult questions that I ask, but I think these are clerics of Falumbra and maybe some uh, some helping clerics to prevent the evil from tainting the heavens. If the things, filter. if you can, if you can bring me fractions of souls, I can do so. We could do so if we find the strongest of our order. But the strongest of our order lives across the sea in the east in Solemn. Could you travel there? I know I'm asking a lot of you, but I hope you understand the gravity of the situation that's facing us. If we don't act in, in the near future, it's likely Arcadia as a whole is going to fall. And if Arcadia falls, then at that point it will have grown so strong that the world will likely follow after it. She nods in agreement with you and tries to think back to a long, long time ago. There is a place, a, a fortress called Riftwatch near Thordens Lake. That is the guardian of the temple at the end of the world, at the lower rift. I... It is a great distance to travel, but I could do so. A friend of mine is not available at the moment, but he has the magic of teleportation. Are there not other wizards who we could consign to this task? Yes, we could find a way to get there. I could head there and... I, I imagine Falumbra clerics would likely uh, be more willing, more receptive to your words than they would to mine, being a one of their own. I think the head of our order would be most receptive to the person who has seen this firsthand. If you would like me to travel with you, I would be more than happy. If you can find us a way there, I will take you there and introduce you and get you past the layers of security and guards and bring you to the temple itself but you will have to do the work of convincing our, those of our order in who could help us most. I'll see what I can do. I, I don't know what's happened to Malachi. It's been a, a long time since I last saw him, but perhaps I could find a wizard in Hillsborough. There's quite a few powerful wizards floating around the cities lately. Hmm. 
Hmm. Are there powerful ones in Clydesdale, or should I should I look to Hillsboro? She considers the Wizards of Clydesdale. Uh, da, 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 da. I have no idea. No, no, the Wizards of Clydesdale are middling at best. Um, hmm. Do you not? Do you not personally know a powerful wizard, Ben Hilsing? You, but he's quite a long ways away. I don't know what's happened to him. Last I checked, I tried scrying, and he was buried in the ground talking to a dragon. He's been having a a strange adventure. Buried in the ground, in the ground talking to a dragon. Strange things that your people do. Uh, find this wizard of yours that can take us far, far away, and then we shall venture together. Very well. I've been burning through my funds. I don't suppose you could help me with chartering a ship back to, to Drekus. I'm not sure if I could afford the full voyage at this point. She will take some church funds for this mission because it is very important <laughs> to her ethos. It's extremely yeah. important. Um, she will give you a uh, hundred gold. I I don't even need the gold directly. If you can just charter the ship for me. They're I, in I have all the There's no ocean nearby. She'll just give you money. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, right. I was thinking that we were Rockway yeah, yeah. for a second. Uh, I should move the token to your place more often. So she'll give you 100 gold to make your way there. Okay. Um, you can... It'll be two days to Rockwave on horseback. And from there, you can charter a ship. What are you going to do with the horses that the Queen of Stromheim... Uh, gave to you. I assume we could get them on the ship, right? They're not—they're sure. not too happy about it, but we yeah, probably... horses can be taken on a ship. It'll cost yeah. quite a bit, but you have funds for that now. Yep. If we have to sell one or two of them, then you know, that's—that's okay. that's what it comes down to. So the four of you and your four horses are going to go from Rockwave back to Bontheris, right? Yes, because that's—I assume that's where Malachi is going to contact me when he's done with everything. Right. Um, and then if Malachi's not back, I'm going to head to, I think it was Wickron Rarenta, where the mm -hmm. uh, the cleric of Falumbra was, and I'm going to apprise them of, of updates to the situation. Okay. So, it's about a 400-mile journey. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. And you, on a ship, can probably do 30 or 40 miles a day. Uh, so it's probably going to be like a 10 to 15 day journey. Uh, why don't we just split the difference? Call it 12. Uh, and then it'll probably be a few days before a ship leaves for there because they don't always head to that area. Um, so we'll just say it's like another like two and a half weeks to get back home. And okay. let's see if there are any ocean encounters that we would do next time. You know, we'll leave ocean encounters to next time. And we'll okay. say that we'll end today's session on you guys leaving Rockwave and heading back to Bontheris. How far behind Malachi are we? I have no idea. I'll have to do some math afterwards to figure out how long. We've said that it took you okay. 10... Like 10, 10 days. days getting there, and then we spent probably about a week on the island, probably another four days total with uh, like stuff going on in Hillsboro. Then like another, One, probably like another week total of traveling around five, with like six, Clydesdale and um, Rockwave, and then let's say three weeks on the ship. You said two and a half, but yeah, that could be let's say All right, so we were at twenty-five days plus twenty-one days. I'm getting like forty-six days. 
47 days of this journey. Uh, mm -hmm. Why don't we just round it to 50 days? Okay. 45 or 50 days. I don't know. Let's call it 45 because we've been rounding up a lot. Um, so 45 days from when we started, which was January, February, March, April, May 20th, I think, is when we started. Mm -hmm. April, somewhere around the middle of April. And then 45 days from there will bring us to April, May, um, June. Yeah, it'll bring us to early June. So we're in early June. Okay. And Malachi is... God, I should write... I actually did write this down. Hold on. June. <coughs> June. Malachi. Malachi. Where is Malachi hiding? He's in August. He's in August? According to chat. <sighs> God damn it, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. So I guess there's some time yet that you need to kill to find Malachi. I've got a little bit to do. I guess I might set out and search by myself at that point. I don't know. Like that's Van needs to get Malachi, right? Yeah. Oh, also Malachi says he sent me a dream spell in June. Somewhere in June, right. What, uh, what, we'll probably ha won't have hit by now. Okay. Right. Yeah. So somewhere in June, maybe uh, maybe it's at the end of your voyage or after a couple days in town, you will get a dream. And uh, I will have to talk to Nick to remember what the hell the dream is that he sends you. But <laughs> you right. do dream of him. Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll do the dream and all that jazz the next time we pick up. Right. We are going to be done here for the day with Hardcore Heroes. Thanks for playing, Sean. You got a lot done today, despite the lack of combat. Yeah, no, it's always I always enjoy when you get to like run into things and talk to them instead of kill them. Mm -hmm. Like you it's get to communicate with a giant octopus instead of instead of fighting it. Yeah, great. Uh, do you got anything for us to to say or share with us before we head out? Uh, go try out Battle for Wesnoth. It's a good game, and it's free, and it's open source. Um, also, Journey Quest Season 4 got funded on Kickstarter. That The whole series is up for free on YouTube. Uh, so you should go watch the first three seasons, then get excited for the fourth, because that's another another fun, free thing that's really good. Uh, that's all I got. I'm not affiliated with either of those things. I just I just like them. So, so go, <laughs> go give them support. Okay. I guess the only thing I have to say is that on the 13th and 14th of August, we will be doing this... Uh, sort of extended 24 plus hour D&D session with uh, all sorts of stuff. We're going to be taking place on in East Arcadia, which is a new landmass that we are developing. And yeah, that's that. So stick around for the thing on the 13th and 14th of August. And we will see you guys later with more of everything. Bye-bye, everyone.